Hello, Legionnaires, and welcome to episode 120 of RPG Digest. In segment one of this live stream formatted podcast, we provide first look introductions or deep dive read throughs of tabletop role playing games. In segment two, we provide overviews, fundamentals, and the occasional how to of system settings and the mechanics of various tabletop RPGs. Of course, we will still spice those segments up with our own thoughts, experiences, opinions, and maybe, just maybe, I can keep something family friendly for once. We'll see. But I am John Maxley Oshlow, your favorite curmudgeon, critic, and judge. Along with me, as usual, is the man whose shoulder pads don't fit through the door, Brett Heathen Dog Grissomer. How are you Hello, today, everyone. sir? I hope we find you well in this uh, in this beautiful, beautiful, uh, well, overcast day where I am. Anyway, I hope it's yes, sunny yes. where you are. Nope, That'd it's overcast here too. It was Damn. sunny yesterday, though. All right, fair enough. But it's not today, though, so that sucks. Yeah. But, hey, you know what? It's a good day to stay inside and watch some quality some Legion of Myth. Yeah. That's what it Some is. Some RPG digest. Booyah. Uh, <laughs> so how's your week? Actually, how have your last three weeks been? <laughs> last three weeks, that's right. Uh let's see. I had a I had a nice uh Christmas and New Year. Uh I actually had two Christmases. Technically, of course, I didn't let anyone say that on New Year's Eve because uh everyone was so scared about driving in the in the in the mm. cold apocalypse that uh that ca- that came through around Christmas that no one did so it was just me my family and uh my my cousins who braved the drive and i was vindicated because uh there was like two <laughs> inches of snow that was it it was A garbage whole two inches whole two inches i'm like you're from michigan you should you know what no my uncle who's lived in tennessee for like 15 years okay i get he's 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 lost he's, he's lost the ability but everyone else still lives in michigan They've lived here all their lives. They understand the score. Uh, uh, I got nothing. So in New Year's, when they finally all showed up, I just called them Christmas deserters. <laughs> I, I threatened to take away their gifts. My wife wouldn't let me, but I threatened it, damn it. <laughs> you would have stood, uh, stood by your guns if, you know. Exactly. I married the only woman who could actually, you know, turn my needle back. <laughs> that's, that's her job. So and after that, let's see. Uh, hmm. Uh, I don't know if anyone saw that saw that short on the gaming channel, but uh, last Thursday I had a little problem, <laughs> and uh, in the we in the Thursday night uh, Dungeons and Dragons online, uh, I had a comments to issue. that were interesting because you know the the rando comments out there. You got a lot of your gay comments, and I haven't heard that term in a long time. I know, right? I I thought that shit was banned forever. Like you're not allowed to do that anymore. Actually, you know what? If if you reported them, they would get their account suspended. Well, maybe on Twitter. I don't know if YouTube would. <laughs> oh, YouTube probably too. Yeah. <laughs> eh, I don't report people. No, no, that's stupid. Because you know, because doing that's gay. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so yeah, I had a little problem. Uh, I, I rage quit on that one, and then last night. Oh, oh we... but you know, there's more to that. Hold on, because he highlighted the video out. Oh, but I found out because I watched the whole thing. He highlighted, he forgot to add another three seconds on there <laughs> that I put right back into that video. Uh, were, were you, I didn't were think you... that was important. <laughs> oh, no, I thought it was great. <laughs> it's like, fuck okay, this. So, so I may have maligned the audience a little bit. Of that, <laughs> all right. I was a little angry. <laughs> I was a little angry. But the funny thing is, the funny thing is, is that last night we did it again. 
Same difficulty level, only this time we were plus one member, one Garthon. That one Garthon made the entire thing 20 minutes long, easy breezy. Great. Now, so I'll actually put that video up. I, I decided not to put that 57 minute video up. It just didn't, I didn't think people would care, but I'll put that 20 minute uh, video. As, as long as you highlight it out, I'll put that one up. No problem. I haven't highlighted it yet. Okay. But uh, yeah, I'm going to do that tonight. Okay. Uh, what was, so what ended up being the deal with that puzzle? Cause I didn't even okay. understand what you're supposed to do in that puzzle. All right. The here, here's the deal with the puzzle. All right. It's, it's a, it's a whole bunch of floor tiles. What is it? It's like a five by it's like 25 floor tiles and you have to spin each one to make them line up to make a proper pattern. So energy can travel from one point on the puzzle to another point in the puzzle and it activates a door. Okay. Seems easy enough, right? Here's the rub. Every five seconds, a random puzzle piece gets up and runs away. And you got to beat it to death, and then it appears back to where it was, but not in the configuration you changed it to, back to its default configuration. So you have to fix that piece again after it got up. And by the time you fix that piece, another piece gets up and runs away. Then you got to fix that one. So, so what you need is one person to turn the pieces and then the other three to beat the things down. Actually, no, you need at least two people. And this is what happened. Sheris and Garthon were, were on point on this one. Props to them. They were on point. They, they figured out how the puzzle was supposed to look. And what would happen is Garthon and Sheris would do the puzzle. They'd be on different sides of the puzzle. So no matter what piece came up, Mar Hawkman and I would beat that piece to death. And then it would return. And while one person was continuing the rest of the puzzle, the other person would fix that portion. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So, so we wouldn't get behind. Last time it was it was it was me doing it and Sheriff's trying to help out, but we were not keeping up with the changes. It was endless. Every every time I'm about to turn the last piece, a piece jumps up and runs away. <laughs> yeah, now, I, saw, in, I saw that you were you had that line going through. It's like, oh, so what what was the problem that it flew away? It's like, oh, his actual piece that he needed right at yes. that moment flew away. It's like, oh, okay. I didn't, but yes. I didn't know what the entire premise of the puzzle was. Like if you were just completely doing something wrong, or if it's just being a dick to you. And it okay, it was being, being a dick. Yeah, yeah, it was just being a dick. I uh, we I I could have stood there for another 20 minutes. And in, in fact, the the uh, the clip you did, it was the end. I was there for minutes beforehand, still doing this puzzle and having one piece fly off when I had one turn to make to finish yep. the whole thing. That was going on for two minutes. And I was getting more and more pissed off. And then I just blew up because the shit would not give me a break. Just give me a damn break. Five seconds. Don't jump a piece, please. Please. I can finish it if you give me five seconds, but it wouldn't give me five seconds. So that sucks. Afternoon, everyone. Yeah, we got a bunch and, of people uh, in chat. So that, right now. that was super bad. But what I want to do, see, uh, I I do not, I do not condone Sheriff spending spending lots of money. I do not condone it. But he did. He bought he bought all of us uh, on on the Dirty Casuals a game. It was on sale. It was relatively cheap. But he bought us all a game called Natural Selection Two. It's a first person shooter with with uh, an extra mechanic. This extra mechanic is one of the players on your team is is a commander, which means they have a top-down view of the entire map and they, they can throw down special supply drops, give orders to everyone, stuff like that. So everyone else is stuck in the first-person shooter, but the commander has the overall view and his job is to do tactics and and uh and warn warn people what's gonna happen, you know, uh give give support, stuff like that. Kind of like the old battlefield game. Yeah. Yeah. And so I want to try that. The only problem is one team is six people. 
five oh. FPSers and one commander. And we only have four people on the dirty casual. So if you viewers check out natural selection too. And if you want to come on, well, talk, talk with Max to see whatever tribes and tribulations you have to go through to actually. Well, isn't, get, isn't, with hasn't it always been, you've got to be a member. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, either a member or a subscriber to Twitch will automatically get you in before anyone else. But barring that, uh, a longtime viewer will get you in. Barring that, someone who we at least know a little bit will get well, you in. I'll, I'll let you make the call, but I, I like to keep the premise that, hey, if, if you want in, you know, uh, that, that's the little price of, of uh, joining in, in here and being part of the Rage Fund. Uh, should be, a, I guess since it's on the Twitch side, should be a subscriber on Twitch, but, but if there's no other recourse, then yeah, uh, a follower is fine. Yeah. You can't click the button to at least follow. Then, yeah, I don't know you, man. I don't, I don't want to know you. It's a free button. Shut up. But yeah, so that, that's what happened. The parlor's right. checking in. Patty's parlor. Thank you for coming in. Yeah, we'll go through the, uh, some of the chat here in just a moment. Uh, pretty much everybody knows what I've been doing for the last couple weeks. So, because yeah. I, I have Friday night chill stream and, you know, preparing for this. I did such a great job of preparing for this. The last two weeks of everything we did at the end of the year, I was set up ready to go for this. The week that this all started, I didn't advertise anything. I, did, I was behind on shorts. I had to fix the rumble stuff. I had to, yeah. So uh, this week started off great. Really great. Love it. Uh, but we'll 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 get things down. I think slightly. Well, I wouldn't say a miscommunication, but a misunderstanding between Heathen Dog and I. That uh, like, wait a second. Uh, yeah, because we're kind of segmenting things a little better, but not fully. You know, so you know, I, I guess I wasn't clear enough on that. But uh, we're the main the main change, and this is partially in response to a comment that I saw earlier, but partially just to remind people the main change is that well, I'm not guaranteeing family friendly content here. I don't really see a reason why it's not okay. Like we're going to be covering everything about RPG digest now is games, whether it's the deep dives in segment one or an overview or how to in segment two, it's all going to be games. Now we might have opinions about how these games are presented, put together rules, whatever, but it's okay. still about that game. Yeah. It's still about the game, yeah. which if you want rants and such, well, Friday night's for you. Yep, Friday Night Chill stream is where the, the vast majority of the rants are going to be. And since that stream is pretty long, we can have multiple rants. So, sure. um, But I want to put this up here as well. I clarified this segment three thing. So, <laughs> if, you, oh, if, you get, if you're going to join us in segment three, okay, check your audio. Don't, don't need to hear you, you know, beating your wife in the background. This actually... Hang on, Th this uh, this this list of uh, of order of operations actually reminds me of the the Tom Hanks movie That Thing You Do. You seen that one? Maybe I'm not sure. Okay, well it was the he he was he was uh, running this this new group called the Wonders, and it was in the 50s or 60s or something like that. And uh, he he gave them rules: you get on stage, you do your set, you take a bow, you unplug, and you walk away. Well, okay, what yeah. If they were encore. You unplug and you walk away. <laughs> that's what happens you ask your question you get an answer you walk away that's, no that's you, you get you get one follow-up one okay, follow-up follow and you walk away and you walk away or we are going to walk you away we're gonna we're, this is a radio call yeah. for segment three it's radio calling i'm not having a long discussion with you you want a long discussion put it on my discord <laughs> so there we go and of course watch the language but that that's that's it other than that 
you know, what we've been doing is just it's not going to be all palladium. I mean, today you wouldn't know that, but it's not going to be. Heathen Dog's giving me his list of stuff coming up. It's not all yeah, palladium. Not all palladium, no. Wait a minute. It's three out of four palladium. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, it is well, three out of four. Well, just to start, like, like uh, he, he changed the premise a little bit, which, I, which I'm absolutely in support of. Um because what weren't you originally? You were going to go through like the source books, kind of in order. You know, just keep yeah, that trend I, I going. I thought about doing an order, but then I was like, wait a minute, I'm not, I'm not someone's storyteller. You know, I, I'll, I'm going to go hopping around, pick and choose. You buy the books, man. You buy them and read them. Most of the books I'm going to cover, you can get from the Palladium website. Robotech is an exception, but I'm going to. You were, uh, but you were paid. You're bribed for that one. Yeah, I was bribed for that one. You know, like like two people gave us money to do that, so I'm doing it. But I'm I'm also going to help you out and and give you places where you can buy it as cheaply as possible at, with as good a quality as possible. So I'm gonna help you out a little bit. Do you solid? And, and the one the one other thing I think I'd say is uh, <laughs> I need to talk to Ethan again about this because this may have been another miscommunication. Segment one. Look, this is our consistency. This is going to be I don't know. I think I have it. I toned it down from seven to four weeks for Mutant Chronicles. Because there's actually just a lot of bloat information in there. Not that it's bad. It's just a lot of equipment, a lot of skills. I don't need to go through every skill in the game, right? Kind of like we did with Palladium. We don't have to read every skill in the game. Uh, so it's it's be three, four weeks for Mutant Chronicles, and then we'll move on to the next one. But segment two are essentially one-shots. Whether it's, how do I do combat in this game? How do I make a character in this one? What is this Riffs, or not Riffs, uh, this Me uh, Mechanoids book about? Uh, he's talking about doing, what was, what was the one that we were, oh, Mage. Mage, yeah, mage, mage, the ascension, the good one, the the current mage sucks. The, so, the so backstory is retarded. Yes, I said retarded. Twitter, I did it. It's okay, I'm not and, on Twitter anymore. You can say it all you want. Okay, there you go. Yeah, the the, the backstory is completely stupid. They they completely ruin magic. It's it's basically magic with kid gloves on. I I've played it. It's stupid. Hey, look at weird guy. So more, more Robotech bribe money. <laughs> it's already happening, man. But we'll take the money, but it's already happening. <laughs> next week. Next week is Robotech. Next Thank you, weird guy. Because we had this one set up already. So, But what we could probably do with Mage is, uh, again, this is per some of the conversation he and I had in the background. Instead of covering the entirety of the Mage book in one go, but also maintain the segment two premise, is cover one aspect of it in January hit another aspect of it february march whatever so we could focus on magic it's just stuff that's up in the air that none of this is a set in stone obviously just throwing out an idea because segment two that's supposed to be the stuff that keeps you like what are they doing this week what are they doing this week what are they doing this week where segment one is like okay we know what they're doing this week because you know rolling from one to the next anyway you guys uh you guys are the people out there that uh, you have some influence over this so if you got thoughts post on our discord and uh, with that, before I go into proclivities, unless you have anything else you want to add, I'm going to well, say hello to you. Yep, go ahead. Flatly says, super interested in Mage topic. Yeah, as you should be, because in my opinion, the way Mage does magic is the best in any role-playing game I've ever played. I want you to say the word that you said behind the scenes. What? You said it's the best for people who want player agency. Oh, that's right. Yeah, for people who actually <laughs> want player agency and for game masters who want to give their players agency and yet still maintain complete arbitration, complete control, mage is the game because it's the player's job to convince you they can perform this magical feat with the tools they have. And if they can do that, they win. If they can't, well, try again, bitch. It's great. 
Violence sells everything. Now you can't. Unfortunately, it doesn't translate over to Streamer, but he's on Rumble. He says, uh, "Lies. Ars Magica is the best, man. I haven't looked at Ars Magica magic. I think since like 1989 or 90, yeah. whatever. Long like time. I don't even remember. But I mean, the entire game was based on that. You played. I think every character in the game that you played was a wizard of some sort. So, but th that might be a game we could look at sometime. In the future. Is it still sold? Can people still buy it? I don't know. Anyway, uh, not interested. Mage much prefer Wraith. Okay, uh, you're I a weirdo. You're a weirdo. Wraith is way too much angst for the, for a game master to write out properly <laughs> that that was the only problem with the old world of darkness games they had too much angst too much gothy bullshit mm -hmm. but in fact in that's how heathen dog interested me in his mage game yeah that's it, I, it it's 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 awesome but i'm leaving out all the angsty bullshit I'm like okay sold and I, I could do it with vampire. I could do it with mage. I could do it with werewolf. I couldn't do it with wraith because a base mechanic in wraith is angst. I couldn't even deal with it in vampire. Oh, vampire. I completely, I got, I'm telling you, man, I got rid of it. I got rid of all that angst. I mean, Hey, if you want to, if you want a highway to hell, do it, man. I'm not going to make you feel bad about it. <laughs> you could go ahead and do it. You want to be a monster? Fine. Be a monster. You're, you're a, you're a damn vampire. You're a monster. Be what you are. I mean, at, at the end, you're, you know, you got hell to look forward. But whatever, you know, up until then, you're good. A lot of people like Werewolf. I actually preferred Vampire to Werewolf. I, yeah, I'm i not a big fan of Werewolf either. I'm not. But to be fair, I'm not a huge fan of World of Darkness. So, I mean, I did I did play a bunch of Vampire in the 90s because, you know, everybody was, right? Uh, so a lot of you folks probably on more Friday Night Chillstream stuff heard stories about my necromancer that got me, or not necromancer, Nosferatu, that got me in trouble and I had to go uh, <laughs> see the first sergeant uh, over some lyrics I wrote for my shock rocker. But uh, anyway, yeah, I, I just, I preferred mage. I, I like, just, it's more me. Let's just put it that way. Anywho. Um, with that said, we've got some ideas. We've got we have a schedule for this year. Heathen Dog is uh, keeping his a little closer to the best, but that's because his is more flexible than mine. Uh, but uh, we'll know at least a couple weeks in advance, like what's going to happen, so you guys can somewhat prepare for that. Oh, he might surprise you because he'll probably get sick once or twice, and we'll, I'll have to change everything on Sunday morning. But, uh, let's uh, let's do proclivities, and then are you ready for segment one? Ready. Ready to start this new season of? Yeah. Is that, is that what it is? Give season. It Right. We want to thank all you wonderful people who support us monetarily. Your gracious donations help us provide giveaways. Hey, you realize that we're coming up on 4,000, right? That doesn't mean anything. Yeah, fair. Produce 10, more content. And then after that, 50,000, then 100,000. <laughs> provide more content and generally give back to Legion Myth community. That's right. I said community as a whole. Of course, we appreciate everyone who subscribes to Legion Myth. And as I just said, we have nearly 4,000 YouTube subscribers, and we're thankful for each and every one of you. You guys are awesome. And, of course, I am looking over there in the uh, at the Rumble side. we got a few people watching over there as well, so thank you very much. And refer to the description below for links to various Legion Myth sites, social media, Discord, merch, etc. That Twitter link is... is <laughs> Ignore Twitter. I'm still suspended. Or Legion Myth is still suspended. And uh, let me get uh, this ready to go. Put this over here. Do All you right. want to do a tap dance or something? Entertain yeah, the crafty here. Crafty says sparkle vampires versus teenage shirtless werewolves. No, th those are those are the movies, but the the uh, really crappy movies. But uh, no, no, the old world darkness, as it was written, 
it was uh, every character had this internal pain that they carried with them the entire time. So many, many uh, LARPers were born and died in the world of darkness. All right. I mean, women who, who, who wanted to feel special and men who wanted to smash went in there and, and, and LARPed world of darkness the way I did it, because I, I personally, my, my soul would leave my body. If I, if I ran a game like that, <laughs> so like just, just leave to escape the pain. So what I did was I made vampires were made from people. So I made them people and people are inherently flawed and, and, and most of them don't care. Well, especially when you have that kind of power. Yeah. Especially when you, when you, you sat, you, you know, you have power in its place. Most people would take power over weakness, no matter what drawback it gave you. And that's how people work. And that's how vampires work because they used to be, guess what? People. Well, people and you're forced to drink blood. You're already a murderer. You may as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to, I'm going to drink them for your animals. Yeah. They got a mechanic for that. You're not going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I read through the, the newest, I guess it's the newest version. The one a couple years ago, because uh, one of the girls that was in our, uh, D group she's like hey this is the vampire game i'm gonna be joining and i looked it over it's i, I was like wait what happened this this the, i we've been part of this uh, the the camarilla for five million years but now we're going to sabat just you know overnight why why not like all all the the verbiage in there was just woke craziness it was just ridiculous and i was like completely as far as i'm concerned neutered the feel of most of the clans but yeah i was like nope I have no interest in that. Enjoy your game, but it sucks. <laughs> V5 was just a shit show. Oh my it, God. Maybe that was the version it was. I'm not oh, sure. But... It was just awful. Bleh. Oops, that's yours. Yep. There we go. <laughs> Too many clicky things. All right. For segment one today, we are going to start our new series. Serious? Did I say serious? Our new series on Mutant Chronicles 3rd Edition. Because our timing here in Legion of Myth is just absolutely spectacular, we said, hey, let's do Mutant Chronicles. Well, Diffie said, screw off, we're getting rid of the game. We said, that's fine, we're doing Mutant Chronicles in order to lead into Conan 2D20 after this one. So they said, screw you, we're getting rid of that game too. So our first two games of this year are games that are, no, well, I guess Odyphius is still selling, uh, as we record this, uh, is still selling Conan 2D20, but... Yeah, so um, that's a fun time, but we're going to teach you the 2D20 system, if that makes you feel better, and we're going to start today with the corporate factions. That is correct. And, whoops, because I can't put anything in the right order. There we go. We have that there. We believe that role-playing games should take place in fantastic worlds, and the focus of your game should be on role-playing and having a good time. Nothing but a good time. The core values of Hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are, what are the heathen, dog? Escapism, not representation. Entertainment over activism. And organic inclusion, not forced diversity. And for anyone out there who needs an even more plain text interpretation of this, you play a game to get away from real life. If you bring real life in a game, you're a dick. Number two, you want to play a game to have fun. Well, you can't have fun with dicks who bring their, their ideology their human ideology and make it into an ideology of a dwarf or an elf or a gnome or whatever. No, it doesn't fit. Keep, keep your, keep your real life shit out of my peanut butter. I don't want it. And the last one, you play with the people who want to play with you. 
if someone tells you you have to go look for all different types and, and strata and, and income levels and, and ability levels of people out there or you are not allowed to play a game, you kick them in the ding-ding. You play with who want who is there and who wants to play with you. And then you're going to have a good time. Whether they want to save a whale or not. There you go. Oh, well, they're in our family friendly part of it. But well, maybe next week. <laughs> the charity we support is the Wounded Warrior Project, a national nonpartisan organization whose mission is to honor and empower wounded warriors. Please refer to the description below for the link to where you can make your hopefully tax deductible donation. And finally, that's right, we have a schedule of things. So much stuff going on in Legion of Myth here. Join us on Thursdays and Saturday evenings on twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth to watch Heathen Dog Rage Quit. I mean, and his team of dirty casuals play multiplayer games for your mockery and enjoyment and here on the youtube channel you can watch these game related segments for well i can't even say these game related words game say it with me related there we go segments live every sunday on 1 p.m central standard time or check out the friday night chill stream panel where we opine comment and editorialize on the ttrpg hobby as a whole you know, I shortened all that, and it's still longer than it needs to be. <laughs> there we go. And live stream podcast, blah, 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 not a concise tutorial. You know, subscribe, and there's the banner. And now here I will present. Boop. No boop. Go, look at that. Finally here, Mutant Chronicles. All right, how come I'm orange? You should be orange. You have, you're actually looking I'm, orange. I'm pink. Yep, no, I'm talking the banner. Oh, yeah, well, that's fair. So we're going to start today, and let me get this off the screen. You don't need to see that. We're going to start today, and we're not going to cover every word in this book. I know some of our deep dives, especially with Palladium, might get a little deeper than maybe we intended to, but there's so much lore in Palladium, right? Well, there's so much lore here as well, but I'm going to save a lot of that for you. But we are going to talk about the factions and what that means, and a quick, the quickest, most ridiculous summary of the timeline ever. Wow. In this first part. Wait, wait, you're going to get yelled at just like I got yelled at for those degenesis. For the degenesis. <laughs> tribes and shit. Yeah, you're going to get you're going to get spanked online for that. Eh, you know what? So, welcome Mutant Chronicles. What do you need to play the game? If you haven't played an RPG before, I'd be really 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 surprised if this is your first one ever. So, I'm going to skip this cuz you probably understand what you need to play a game. All right. You do need players. There's some art. Kind of gives you the theme of the game. A lot of people say it's very 40K-ish. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah. All right. Uh, so what is it? So what is Mutant Chronicles? Let's, I think this is a good place, sir. Mutant Chronicles is a diesel. I quit. I can't read. I can't talk. I mean, Mutant Chronicles is a diesel punk techno fantasy game. So let's break that down. Diesel punk, the awful power of the dark symmetry. You know, I'm not going to read this. What is diesel punk? Do you know what steampunk is? Overly metallic, big, chunky things that just look chunky. They look old, like you're trying to fly a rocket ship with you know, a steam engine. Right. Well, diesel punk is similar. It's just it's not quite as uh, chunky. It's more it's well, more hair and shoulder pads. No, I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with with a different analogy. I I think this will help them picture it in their minds. Whereas steampunk, you have you have the old style Victorian level technology put together in ways that that create fantastical machines, but they're clean. They seem very clean. Whereas diesel punk is a darker world. Th you, you, everything instead of powered by steam is powered by a diesel engine. So everything's oily and dark and it gives a, it gives a theme that, that is more, I don't know. I don't know about fatalist, but more depressing. 
I don't know. My steampunk games that I've been in were pretty dark too. So I don't know. I actually think that diesel punk, just in my experience, maybe diesel punk is more colorful, but it's more over the top. Steampunk is just, I don't know. You know what? Chat's going to disagree with both of us anyway. So why are we even? (laughs) Uh, The the main premise though, is that uh, the technology gets corrupted. So you don't want to be over technical. Because it gets uh, it gets poo pooed on pretty quickly here, and if you could watch chat for things to start, I've already started one. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm doing this because unfortunately it's way the hell over there on my screen. So, now what's techno fantasy? Well, it says it's a d- blend of dystopian cyberpunk intrigue and a larger than life world where shoulder pads are big and the hair is even bigger. Okay, so maybe I was mixed the up the techno fan. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the eighties, it's the right? <laughs> All right, so there, this is the third edition of the game. There were two editions before this one. Obviously, it's third, but uh, this is the one that's the 2D20. Uh, so if you know the Modifius system, well, then you know how to play this game. If you don't know but if Modifius 2D20, that's what we are going to go through in these different videos. Woohoo! Uh, yay. And I got to tell you, before I read this, the uh, 2D20 system was okay. I never really had any heartburn with it. I have a lot of heartburn with Modifius as a company, but... Uh, but I also didn't fully understand it. Reading this, this book, not the Star Trek Adventures book, which is god awful. Gross. Not Crafty's video, which wasn't bad. And I mean, now that I read this, Crafty's video is spot on, uh, or his uh, his message, I guess. But awesome. this book actually put it crystal clear. The D twenty engine, two D twenty engine, is really simple. This book, or oh, I didn't have it out here. The book is fat. It's really simple. It's most of that stuff. Yeah, it's mostly skills, powers, equipment, because you're going to have to describe all that in a different type of setting than we have now. You could probably get rid of three quarters of that book if you don't care about equipment, and the rest is the game and the history. So there are three time periods the Dark Symmetry, Dark Legion, and Dark Eden. And uh, we may or may not go over those. It, it, it all depends on what time frame you want to play in. I want to get to the game stuff, though. The factions is what we're really going to dive into in this segment here. So the main factions of humanity are divided into corporations. Capital, Bauhaus, Mishima, Imperial, and Cybertronic. However, there is one more big one that that we'll get into, and that's White Star. Is there Transformers? Uh, No. Cybertron? No, no. Cybertronic. They are Cybertronic. Cybertronic. Though... In some regard, you're not too far off because they don't do magic. They are they're deaf, they're Borgs. Awesome. Each of these is governed in its own chapter later in this book, and I think each one also has its own source book as well. Unfortunately, when uh Modifius had its fire sale, I uh wasn't able to get them all because there's an ordering issue and I had to wait 24 hours before I could actually push an order through. And so by that point, half the books were <laughs> already sold out. So but all right. Then, of course, there are freelancers that you can be. Now, th- what's the opposition? What are you fighting against? Well, you're fighting against this entire dark symmetry uh, mechanic, we'll just call it. And we'll this will definitely be a future episode. I think it's episode three or four, so two or three weeks from now. Well, you'll be fighting against the dark apostles that were uh, bad-touched into this universe. And you will be uh, against heretics who are like, you know what? I kind of like to be the evil guy in the universe, so let me go join them over there. And you're scratching your head going, why? You're human. You should join us. Like, nah. Yeah. It seems seems fun. Self-hating humans. (laughs) Hate them. (laughs) Right? Uh, The setting is Earth, except for, no, it's not, because Earth is pretty much mangled. Uh, White Star is on Earth. The rest of the factions are like, ew, Earth is gross. 
Uh, Luna City is kind of the main hub, so to speak, especially if you're moon? playing multifactional. What's that? Is that the moon? Yes, it's on the moon. Yep. Awesome. So it's a, it's probably where most of your campaigns are going to start. The inner system, uh, Venus, Mercury, Mars, and the asteroid belt. It's almost like the expanse where a lot of uh, corporations are vying for different power. Uh, each corporation is on different planets, but if I remember correctly, and we'll get into it in a little bit, but I think Mishima owns Mercury, Bauhaus has got Venus, you know, whatever, but they're all there. The outer systems just stay away. Oh, wait, you want to play this game, so you're not going to stay away? Well, there you go. Now you got some stuff to do in the game because you're going to shoot each other because that's where the dark symmetry is. That's where mm-hmm. the naughty naughties are. If you were to say, hey, which planet were the naughty naughties discovered on? Which planet do you think they'd be found? Pluto? There you go. And you're both correct in that Pluto is a planet and that that's where all the nastiness was found. All right. So good job. So let's now we're going now we're going to dive into what the factions are. Cool. Or the corporations, factions, whatever. So huge, greedy and duplicitous. The corporations dominate society and the universe of mutant chronicles in the rush to escape the dead earth. They swallowed up the roles of nation states, international conglomerates to form something new. Corporate nation states. Wow. Let's just take out see nation states and international conglomerates so let's just take out three words and call it corporate nation states <laughs> kind of came up with a new term each with its own distinctive tone and character capital now for the folks out there who know this game really well and want to say oh no in source book x y and z they change it we're only covering this book i'm presenting to you the main book okay so if there are changes, if there are updates, if there are differences, you see it on the screen right here. You see what, <laughs> so this is what we're covering. Yeah. And moving forward for the rest of the damn year, this is how it's going to be. When, when I do a book, I am doing that book, the information in that book only. When he does a book, the information yeah. in that book only. There's errata, there's there's web content, there's rifter books, there's a, equivalent for what? No, 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 no. This book. That's it. All right, let me zoom in a little more so you can see. Oh, maybe that was too much. There we go. Capital, big, brash, and confident. (laughs) I can't talk. Capital is the epitome of the American dream. Okay, I better not do that. Uh, Bringing together the cultures of North, Central, and Latin America, viewing itself as the natural leader of humanity. Okay, that sounds American. (laughs) Not a view shared by other corporations. Sounds like America. (laughs) Capital aims to bring peace, prosperity to my empire. Oh, uh, and a bold new future to the solar system. Unfortunately, not everybody wants a Capitolian. That's a word. A Capitolian vision of the future. Why not? It's Merca. You're wrong. <laughs> and you can learn more about that in chapter 30. Might do that. I don't know. I, again, I'm these deep dives aren't going to deep dive as much as they used to because I want to give you the fluff, but we really just want to give you the game stuff. But you kind of have to understand where the game's coming from, right? Now, Bauhaus. Traditional, ordered, and cultured. Sounds like Germany. Mm-hmm. Bauhaus is strongly influenced by <gasps> Germanic, Scandinavian, European source cultures. Bauhaus has a strong belief in the inherent correctness of its system. Sounds like Germany. Every, I lived there for 11 years, folks. Sounds no like cares. Germany. No one cares. Move on. Everything should have a place. And there should be a place for everything. This design aesthetic applies to everything it makes, from the smallest pistol to the greatest skyscraper. Citizens of Bauhaus pride themselves on their efficiency 
a trait outsiders consider arrogance. Again, Germany. Mishima. Anna, dote, sacrifice. Mishima embodies the culture of shogunate Japan and the might of the 20th century Japanese... Uh-oh. Kirits? Okay. Wife! Kiritsu. No, it'd be Reitsu. Kiritsu. Kiritsu. Whatever the hell that is. Corporate You know, if I'd known that word was in there, I'd had her pronounce it for me. Uh, corporate Mishima favors the good, does it, above all of, oh, okay, the, okay, the good above, let's go there. Above that of the, the above the individual. Yep, good, good of all, all above, above the that of the right. individual. Right, makes sense. And is the undisputed industrial leader. Well, that's a little weird. It is considered polluting and myopic by outsiders. Oh, so it's China, not Japan. Mm. <laughs> you can learn more in chapter 32. Imperial, by the way, every single time I roll up a character for this game, somehow he ends up being Imperial. It's weird. Aggressive, proud, and expansionist. Yes, they are space orcs. A coalition of bickering clans with a strong British Commonwealth accent. Well, they're British orcs. Imperial views itself as the underdog corporation and will grab any chance to grow. It was Imperial's conquistadors who unwittingly freed the Dark Legion from its ancient prison. Again. Not bad. <laughs> yeah, they touch things. Hmm, this looks creepy and evil. Should we touch it? Ah, let's pack it on the ship and go. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, uh, free the Dark Legion from its ancient prison in an attempt to explore the outer reaches of the solar system. Quixotic and heedless is what outsiders think. You can learn more in chapter 30. Well, it's what outsiders think because it's what they've done. I mean, <laughs> right. You're the idiot who did this? What the hell? It's not our fault. It's just our way we are. Like, stupid? Is that... that you're stupid. That That's the way you are. Get the, get the hell Remember out. that old commercial, don't touch it, you'll break it? No. That That's what... Oh, you know, okay. That That's what happened here. Don't touch it, you'll break it. I didn't break it. No, you broke the universe. Good job. Now, Cybertronic, a newcomer to the scene. In fact, if you play in the older... Like I showed you, there are three settings that you could play, play in. If you play in the older settings, Cybertronic doesn't exist. A newcomer to the scene appearing in the Dark Legion time period. Cybertronic was primarily formed out of defectors from Bauhaus, but with smaller contributions from other corporations. It embraces technology in a universe where technology cannot be trusted. Viewed with suspicion by many outsiders, Cybertronic offers striking and enigmatic vision of the future. You can learn more in Chapter 34. Like I said, we may or may not go over those factions. I don't think it really... Matters too much for the game, just we want to give you the feel. So White Star, the White Star faction is another important one to talk about. Not technically a corporation, the soldiers of White Star, led by the Tsarina, provide a blunt, no-nonsense counterbalance to the conspiracy and backstabbing of the corporations. From its bunkers in Siberia, guess where Siberia is? It's on Earth. So White House is actually on Earth, the dead planet of, of nastiness. Its warriors range out from the icy waste to the depths of <gasps> space to bring the Tsarina's punishment to those who abandon the homeworld. Basically, <laughs> you broke us and you left? Like, yes, no, we you did. Know what? You know what? They're just pissed that no one took them with them. They're just pissed that they got left behind. So they're, they're whiny little Russian babies pissed that, that they got left all alone and everyone took their ball and went away. Yeah. Little babies. Well, I mean, they're from Siberia, you know. They were already living in a hellhole. They're like, what's the difference? Yeah, they don't <laughs> see a difference. The cartel, conceived as a neutral meeting and mediation space for the corporations, not going to go in that. Brotherhood is a little more important. One of the few sources of social aid. 
The charitable works of the philanthropic Nathaniel Durand and his brothers in the dark symmetry time, oh, time period challenged the pure capitalism of the corporations. Yeah. By the time of the Dark Legion period, they have become the religious order known as the Brotherhood, self-appointed protectors of humanity from the Dark Legion. Now, the two brothers are nutsos as far as I'm concerned. But again, I've only read the surface level of them. In fact, or was it one brother that was nuts? Either way, screw them. Uh, <laughs> the Brotherhood is able to tap into supernatural abilities that become known as the arts. So if you want to play space magic, you join the Brotherhood. So... I want to be Borg, Cybertronic. I want to be Space Magic Brotherhood. I want to play Intrigue, everyone else. I hate Intrigue, White Star. There you go. Luna PD is founded as Capital Moon. It's basically, that's kind of like the, the one place. That's, that's oh, I'm going to use this reference. That's the Sigil of Planescape. That's where everybody kind of comes together. So if you've got a group of part Bauhaus, part Mishima, just start in Luna City. It'll make your life a lot easier. There we go. And of course, you can see the factions, how they like each other, how they don't like each other, who they get along with, and so forth. But we're not going to get into all that. I'm going to skip most of the timeline. Now, Why? there is a player's guide to this game. This is the full core book, 500 pages. There is a player's guide to this where you won't see nice little fancy red, red things here. These red things refer to dungeon ma or game master only information, which is right at the end of this. So every player who owns this book, read it. <laughs> like like you think i didn't read it i read it but theoretically if you're honest and not human you've got these little flags here to say don't read this part right whatever so the only part that i care about is uh nope yeah so technology went up people went to the stars corporations came in it turned into Shadowrun, and then we have the dark symmetry era the artifact discovered hey the journey takes place over a year, but as soon as the H-Triple-S Harbinger reaches Pluto, it immediately begins terraforming the world. What? Terraforming Pluto. Excavation for huge superconducting generators designed to tame the planet's gravity field goes well. Until the 14th and final regulator strikes an unidentified obstruction, shattering the diamond-tipped drilling head a kilometer beneath the surface. Unsure how to proceed, the Imperial Conquistors request orders from Victoria. Receive conflicting orders. The first from the Imperial AI orders, orders them to document the obstruction's location and abort the mission pending further investigation. While the second Smart. said, what's that? Smart. Yeah, well, it's an AI, right? Yeah. Maybe we should listen to the AI. Musk might be right. Uh, while the second sent by the human board of directors countermands the AI and orders them to investigate the nature of the obstruction. All right. So, what happens? After extensive excav excavation, again, words, the Imperials recover an artifact and bring it on board the Harbinger for further study. The artifact is a large metallic tablet made of a dark, lustrous metal of unknown ally and engraved with an unknown language. Point of order. Everybody that goes into space needs to watch 2001 and 2010 Space Odyssey. When you see the monolith, you don't touch it. You get a really big cordon and and you put big guns all pointing outward and then you leave it the hell alone. Right? Forever. So, As a matter of fact, personally, I would abandon the whole planet. There's a good, uh, abandon the whole planet. Just leave. The tablet defies analysis. Yep. That alone should be like, hey. 
Though hampered by communications interference, they managed to send a brief report back to Victoria. Rashly determining that the artifact presents no threat. It sir, it defies analysis. We can't even understand what it is. Damn, we'll be fine. No <laughs> we have no idea what it is. All our scans bounce off it. Conclusion? That's eh, fine. <sighs> he utters the phrase, she kissed me before dying. Oh, the, the lead geologist touches it with his bare hands. Remember, don't touch things. No. no. He utters the phrase, she kissed me before dying. His death is rapid and grotesque. Like his body in flat. Oh, sorry. As his body is flash frozen from within, immediately the harbinger system begin to malfunction. I know this is the opposite of being flash frozen from within, but just imagine for a second, you touch something and you go all Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's, it, don't. It's like <laughs> that ship. Out. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, final transmission, big screams, the last things that uh, that are heard, and all of a sudden, the Dark Legion start pouring out. Pouring out of where? Okay, I'll read. <laughs> Fearful that they may lose the ship's communicate. Uh, shortly after the transmission is sent from an unknown location on Pluto, that later became known as the Big Scream. As the Big Scream travels from station to station. By the way. Uh, what that released was a demon basically trapped in the center of Pluto. Oh. Okay. By, by forces much more powerful than us, because, you know, we're new to space travel. Sure. Like, eh, let's imprison something in a rock floating around the solar system. Whatever. Uh, yeah, so, as the big screen travels from station to station, it burns the minds of operators, incinerates Imperial's IMPCOM station, spreads to the wider solar com, and causes power systems to overload and detonate. Hey, I got uh, Heathen Dog. Are you there? Are you there? Boom! What the? Yeah, obviously no threat. No yeah. threat. No, it's fine. Like ripples in a pond, whether from the big, big scream or some other source, the corruption spreads through the solar system. AI systems across the inner worlds began manifesting strange anomalies in their operation. And this is the core of the game. This is why technology is something that uh, you kind of avoid as much as possible. I mean, you've got to have some technology be in space, right? But sure. can we can we dumb it down? You know, maybe let's go with the carburetor instead of the fuel injector oh, right, now. Uh, Battlestar Galactica type technology. Yes, there you go. There you go. Where no no systems are networked together. There's no artificial intelligence to yep. get its own opinion about shit. You know, it's just uh, everyone everyone's got you know levers and dip switches, and that's that's good enough. Uh, the anomalies become ever more severe and begin causing fatalities. Panic spreads. You think? Orbital and planetary craft malfunction, sometimes at the cost of all lives on board. That's usually what happens when you're stuck out in space. Yeah. And Power all the and doors open. <laughs> right, all, <laughs> everything went all event horizon. All right. That's My just, submarine's got a screen door. That's great. <laughs> but, sir, it didn't have a screen door yesterday. Does that matter? We're going to die whether it, <laughs> it's a screen door. We're dead. Uh, thousands die from cold and starvation. Transport industrial systems fail catastrophically, and automated defense systems turn on their human masters. Awesome. So remember when you put those defense systems out there to aim at the monolith? Well, now they're... Well, that's only because some asshole touched it. <laughs> right. Within weeks, the financial credit system and data archives on Luna Cura... Okay, again, I don't need to read everywhere. You get what's going yeah, okay. on here. Anything attached to a computer, it was friggin' Armageddon. The, the future stock market, currency exchanges, all of them went yeah. to like... It, it was worth everything and then worth nothing. They worth yeah, we turned a one to a zero. <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy. It was mass hysteria. Dogs and cats and such. 
So people start retrofitting machines into older formats. Like I said, we changed, we went from fuel injectors back to, or we went to fusion drive back to carburetors, right? Uh, the corporations strive to maintain their holdings and consolidate their military machines as each suspect the fall was the work of the rivals. What? <laughs> Seriously? How fucking... Nope. 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 I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cuss on that one, but how stupid can a game make all humans? Every leader of, of every single corporation thought, oh, oh, this obviously supernatural thing that could never ever happen every 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 ai every computer system is all going down at once if you are not able to do this odds are no one else is either and yet they still believe it's some other mastermind human behind the scenes who who has this five five generation leap in in computer virus technology what are you stupid no no sorry no no you're that's just bad writing <laughs> This is, well, it, but it's a, com it, I agree it's bad writing, but the flip side of it, it is an absolute common trope used in Cyberpunk, Shadowrun, Warhammer here. It's, it's just, it's a trope. Ugh. Yeah. So, uh, let's see, do I want to read that? No. It, it, basically, it just spreads into war. The main thing I wanted to get out there was that uh, some folks unleashed some nasty out there. Now, we can talk about the, the brothers. Brits, the Brits did it. Yeah, the Brits did. And, and I don't trust anyone who likes blood sausage. I don't. I don't. Go, going to talk about the brothers. Uh, again, I don't think it's important to actually talk about them at this point. You can read it, but that it is what uh, ended up creating the Brotherhood. You're the Cardinal. This is when uh, the world starts to kind of come around like, maybe we should follow these things. Maybe we can push back against the, the Dark Legion. And there we go. Dark Legion. So they're these monoliths. These artifacts where the Dark Legions pop out of, and they spawn up damn near everywhere in the solar system. Good news is, on the inner planets, they've been able to fight them back pretty pretty well. On the outer planets, we've just pretty much given that up. Mm. So, all right. That is the oversimplified version of, of the factions and the background. Intentionally oversimplified. Well, I thought you were doing a deep dive. I understand, but you, you see how I'm scrolling through all this. You see how long this is? You can read it. Just wanted to give you what the premise. Now, this is the Dark Lead. This is the second. <laughs> so if we got to the... Oh, yeah, here are the secrets. You want to read the secrets? There you no, go. No, no. Skip the secrets. Oh, no. Oh, there you no go. No spoilers. No spoilers. Don't you dare pause this. <laughs> don't you dare. Well, I was scrolling pretty quickly there. I don't know if... Uh... So now we're going to move into talking about the core mechanics. Now, this is going to be an overview of the core mechanics. All right. We'll dive deeper into each set of the core mechanics from skills to combat to spells in a future episode, but we're going to just do the generics today. So I hope you're good. Actually, I don't care because I'm live streaming and I'm going to keep talking. So the number of actions performed by a player characters or NPCs required dice rolls. So it's, it's like every game. Now, if, if a character is trying to perform a skill, roll dice, right? And this is the 2d20 system. So how many dice do you think you roll typically? Ooh, uh, 220s? You got it. It's, it's really good how this game system tells you what to do. I Exceptions to that, but the general premise is you roll 2d20s. And then you have the dark symmetry dice, which is usually for results of the action, mostly for damage, but results of action as well. So... Uh, and yes, there are specialty dice. I have, the, it's funny, I don't have the specialty dice here, uh, that look like this that you see on the screen. 
You don't need them though, because does this not look like a normal D6 yeah, for you? One, two, three, four, five, and then six is a goofy symbol. Okay. Right. Exactly. The only dice that matter are one, two, and six. Three, four, and five don't matter at all. But we'll get into that when we talk about dark symmetry later. But I wanted to put it up here because it, it has a nice image. I like the image here. So, all right. So the main game mechanic turns character sets called skill test. A skill test is required when a character attempts a task where the outcome is in doubt or there are consequences for failure. I don't think I've seen a book this old actually say that before. Not that yeah, well. That's weird. Yeah. When asked to perform a skill test, a player rolls 2d20, hoping for low results on one or both dice. Again, without getting crazy into this, if you've got an attribute of 10 and a skill rating of 3, expertise, let me use the right term, an expertise of 3, 10 plus 3 is 13, right? You want to roll 13 or less on a d20. If you do that, You've succeeded. Not on difficulty two. Shut up. We'll get into that later. That's what you want to do. Easy For a normal difficulty action. Right. Easy peasy. Okay. okay. A task can be affected by several other elements, including attributes, skills, bonus successes, and difficulty. Each character is defined by eight attributes. These attributes indicate a character's inherent abilities. Again, if you played other games, strength, dex, con, yada, yada. I forget exactly what they're called in this game, even though I've done them like 50 times in the last couple but uh was it physique awareness coordination you've got eight of them you know palladium's got eight of them this game's got eight of them same basic thing but your rank in those your rating in those is what your base skill role is going to be then you add your expertise on top of that plus whatever modifiers dm decides he wants to do skill and expertise there we go i just kind of mentioned what expert that's really skills have two features to them one is expertise which we've talked about a couple times. You add that to your attribute to determine what your target number is, right? Sure. The other is focus, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, unless it talks about right here. It does not. So we'll talk about focus in a little bit because it adds another dynamic to... Oh, there it is. It is right there. To the die roll, and I want to read it as it's given in the book. When performing a skill test, a player generally needs to generate a success on one or both of the D20s in order to pass. If the player rolls equal to or less than the attribute plus the ranks of skill expertise, he generates one success as outlined above. We already said that. Sure. Again, attribute plus expertise is I'm your target board. number. Yep. I'm on board. We're good. Skill training can also improve one's focus with a particular skill. Focus indicates the range on a D20 within which a player generates additional successes when oh, using related critical. skills. Well, it additional uh, it's momentum in this game. You could consider that criticals, but it might just be a difficulty two challenge where you have to get two successes just oh, to okay. do it. All right. So it's just an additional success, but yes, it could be utilized uh, for lack of a better term as a critical. Again, this game calls it momentum. So let's just look at that D20 again. Okay. Let's say you have an expertise three and a focus of two in, in this skill. Doesn't matter. Shooty, shooty skill. We'll just call it shooty, shooty. Sure. Your attribute is 10 because I like nice, easy numbers. So your target number is your attribute plus the expertise, which we said is 3, 13, right? 10 plus 3 is 13. Yep. You roll the 2d20, and let's say you get a 2 and a 15. The 15s, you bombed it. You didn't get under a 13. Just chuck that die out. You screwed up. The 2, on the other hand, is that a 13 or less? Yes. So that's a success. Sure. But it's also the what's what I say the focus of the character was two. two. 
So that means a two or less gives you an extra success. Is that is the two a two or less? Yes. You got two successes on one die. Nice. So that's how focus and expertise are different. Expertise okay. makes your target number easier. Focus gives you the potential of more successes. Got it. Momentum. When a player and there's a, there is a chapter on momentum later. So again, if this is too simplistic for some folks, we'll get to it. When a player passes a skill test, there are a number of ways in which it can be resolved. For many tests, the only important result is whether or not the test was successful. Okay, yeah. You know, did you steal the sandwich? Roll. Yes, you stole the sandwich. What else do you need on top of that? You stole the sandwich. I don't care if you got one success or five successes. You stole the sandwich. Other times, the magnitude of success is important. Probably when you're shooting somebody, that magnitude is pretty... Add more damage, knock somebody down. You know, you can have these effects, right? So that's what momentum does for you. When performing a skill test, the number of successes generated is compared to the skill test difficulty rating. It's usually like a D1, D2, as it's written in the book. Uh, as long as the skill test generated a number of successes equal to or greater than the difficulty rating, the character passes the test. However, when the number of successes generated is greater than the difficulty rating, the skill test not only passes, but results in a higher quality or magnitude of effect, as Heathen Dog said, also known as critical in some games. The difference between the number of successes generated and the difficulty rating becomes momentum, a resource the player can the player can use to feel a variety of different effects, which we'll talk about more in the momentum chapter. For example, in combat, this momentum may allow a character to inflict additional damage, target a specific location. Yes, this game does use hit locations or disarm an opponent. I shoot him in the ding ding. Yep, you could shoot him in the ding ding with enough successes. Oh, all right. Chronicle points. I'm just going to be upfront with people. I like the idea of momentum when it's used immediately. Can you save momentum? We'll get to that later, but the quick answer is yes. I don't personally I don't like that. I it's just it's it's I like things that when you do something awesome now, I don't like it banked for later. Continue that awesomeness now. Is it called momentum for a reason? Like keep that momentum going. That's the way I feel. Well, chronicle points kind of fall into the same thing. If you played Pathfinder, you're used to hero points. If you you know games that give you little, you know what, here, have your um what was it? Yeah, it was called karma in the old Mech Warrior game. You know, something where some, what do they call it? The cinematic effect, the rule of cool type thing. I'm not a fan of Chronicle points, but they're baked into the game. They're part of the game. They're necessary to the game. So let's move into them. I just had to put my opinion out there for them. Player characters have access to a special type of resource called Chronicle points or CPs. This reflects the fact that the player characters are cut from a different cloth than the average person. So instead of saying, you know what, I'm going to give you plus seven to your attributes so everybody out there is uh, a ninja Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, with the brilliance of Einstein. No, you're still a normal person with your attributes in a normal world. However, here's where your heroism comes in. Here's where the cinematic effect comes in. Whether or not they're viewed as heroes, the player characters are destined for greatness. Well, if you live. These CPs are used to accomplish a wide variety of possible goals. Since a character's pool of available Chronicle points refreshes at the beginning of each session, players are encouraged to spend Chronicle points to influence the story and perform heroic actions. A character cannot have more than five Chronicle points at any given time. Since players will be rewarded with additional Chronicle points during play, they should be sure to use the Chronicle points often enough that they can benefit from the bonus points awarded by the GM. Okay. 
So, and it says in here that the GMs, hey, you, you did some good role playing. That was pretty spectacular. You're great to the table here. Have a couple of uh, conical points. So, what can you do with them? You can add an auto success to a D20 on a skill check. Hmm. Spend a conical point off there. You can perform an additional action. That, that I mean, in all the games we've covered, additional actions are kind of helpful, right? They're OP. Yeah. Yeah. Recover from light wound or recover light wounds. Here's a flesh wound. Here you go. Well, on the flip side, the Game Master gets dark symmetry points. Remember, yeah. dark symmetry, dark legion. The word dark is always out to get you. It's bad. Yeah. We don't like dark. We like light. The GM begins play with a number of tokens in his dark symmetry pool. Dark symmetry pool reflects the growing threat of dark forces at work in the setting. All right. A variety of different game events allow the GM to add more tokens to the dark symmetry pool. For example, a powerful artifact, a cursed location, or terrifying enemy may generate dark symmetry points. However, the players are the main source of dark symmetry, and this is, this is a crux of some problems. The people who play the 2D20 games like to point this out, that this instills fear, uh, unnatural fear into characters. In yeah. fact, I bet you Crafty will post, uh, or into players, sorry, Crafty will post something here. If he does, please start uh, about this. Players are the main source of dark symmetry points and may inadvertently or consciously increase the dark symmetry pool. Here are just a few examples of how players may add dark symmetry points. Just so you know, players, you're going to add dark symmetry points. Stop being little... Babies. Ba they're babies and, uh, and avoiding that. It's going to happen. It is part of the game. It's natural to the game. It's why you have your chronicle points. It's why you have uh, you know, these different aspects in the game, right? Your momentum. So what can you do with it? You have repercussions. When a character suffers one or more repercussions, we will talk about that when we talk about skills in a future video. One of the possible outcomes is adding two points to the dark symmetry pool for each repercussion. You just basically gave the game master a couple of tokens to mess with you. Right? Yeah, and you didn't do it on purpose. It was a bad roll, right? Yep. It was just a bad roll. It happens. Improve the odds. A skill test may be too difficult for a player to comfortably generate enough successes. The player can purchase additional D20s to roll during a skill test at the cost of one dark symmetry point for each D20 the player would like to add. This is what to Crafty and a few other, I think Omen Owl may have been, uh, have talked in the past, like, this is probably the biggest source. Like, I have to succeed at this. You told me this is difficulty two. I need to have another D20 or six in order to do this. I am going to buy two D20s and give you... Uh, okay, dark symmetry points. Yeah. Is, it two, is it two each or one each? A one, one additional each, yeah. d20 and yep. you get a symmetry a dark symmetry point there you go so yeah. now this is this also highlights the the importance of momentum and why it's carried forward in a scene because you can use the momentum someone else has gathered instead of giving the dark symmetry instead of you know giving the game master dark symmetry points you can use someone else's momentum yeah right? again just yes it's, well, when we get to group momentum oh when we talk about that in a future video it'll it'll become a little bit more clear if i try to explain it now i probably screwed up but theoretically yes my thing is i think that's what chronicle points should be for i think momentum should be used at that time okay it's just but it's, it's not it how it's written in the book though right right yes to be clear okay. that's not how it's written in the book okay. so sometimes the odds are stacked against the player so heavily that rather than risk a role in having something catastrophic happen he may add one point to the dark symmetry pool and voluntarily choose to fail at the task at hand why so well, what's the benefit? Because you just failed instead of summoning 18 demons. Oh, okay. All right. 
you only failed instead of breaking the airlock you know i so, can't so wait 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 hang on what you're saying is that imperial scientist who touched the obelisk said no i'm not going to voluntarily fail this i'm going to run take my chances touched it and catastrophically failed and summoned a giant demon from the heart of pluto because because that 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 imperial scientist was a, was afraid of giving the game master a a, a d20 for some reason and yes. instead ruined all of humanity yes awesome okay now, there's a lesson for you players there's a lesson don't be afraid of of giving the game master a d20 because it might cost the lives of half of humanity you know maybe if somebody touching that artifact would have said hey you know what i think i'll do right here I think I'll take an automatic failure on my touch. Yeah. <laughs> maybe there wouldn't be a Dark Legion. No. But he didn't do that. He was greedy. No. Nope. It was selfish. Or maybe it just would have killed himself. Yeah. Not everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But no. So, so what can a game master do? Dirty bread. Game Master can uh, activate NPC abilities. So one of the key functions of the GM is to manage the various NPCs the players may encounter. Particularly powerful NPCs may require dark symmetry points to trigger some of their most powerful uh, potent abilities. That is true. You can now use the dark symmetry points to say, hey, I can use this ability. Which I think is a, is a good mechanic because the, the, the Game Master is spending points. It's like, you know, we play D&D, right? Oh, I've got a breath weapon. Well, how often can you do the breath weapon? Well, it says three times per day. So does that mean I can do three right now, round, 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 and then I'm done? Or do I have to wait an hour? Whatever. Well, every GM is going to say that differently, right? Here, I've got three tokens. I spend a token. I use it. Whenever I choose to spend the next token, I do it again. You know, oh, you gave me that token back? Thank you. Now I can do it again. So... Uh, activating NPC abilities is one of the functions. Interrupting PCs. So as long as a player has not already rolled the dice for the skill test, a GM may spend dark symmetry points to introduce a wrinkle or complication. Oh, and I rolled up complications for my characters. Uh, the characters may have to contend with before advancing the story. It's like, uh-uh-uh. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a way to slow the characters down a little bit. Put, again, put the complications out there. Also, one of the things to note that... Uh, Players go first in this game. So maybe you don't want the players to go first. Maybe you want to go first. Or it makes more sense to you go first. Well, guess what? If you've got that, there you go. I go first. And the player's like, oh, but we were going to shoot. You were, but now you're not. Now I'm going to get out of the way, or I'm going to shoot, or I'm going to entangle in my tentacles because I'm from some weird Japanese dimension. Triggering a complication that the GM can use dark symmetry points to bring. A dormant issue to the forefront, and most of your characters are going to have traits that you roll up that, uh, like uh, the one for when I do the uh, character creation video, he's addicted to something, and he has a nemesis. Hooray, your nemesis shows up. What? And he says, not today, Bond. Um, or you start tweaking. You're under such stress right now. Dude, I, I, I didn't write down what the addiction was, but, you know, I, I, I'm Jones and I need something. All of a sudden, your repercussions are going up or, or your skill check's going down, whatever. Difficulty level goes up. You know? So, yeah, confronting character with the object of a phobia or a trait or otherwise forcing the character to deal with failure or weakness. So, And there's a great example of play here. It's look at how many pages it is. It's a lot of pages. And then character life path. And this will be the last thing we talk about today will be the character creation. Now, 
We're only doing the overview. In fact, I may just focus on one page here because I have a character creation video that has been scripted. It has not been recorded yet, but it will be done before this uh, Mutant Year Zero series. Oh my God. Mutant Chronicles series is over. So I already have a character walk step by step. The thought process, every little bit of character creation will be in a different video. So today we're going to look at the eight attributes and then we're going to look at what the steps are. So the eight attributes are agility. I think you can figure that out. Awareness. Now, awareness is interesting because awareness, when you're making your character like aware, there's there's no point to awareness. Nothing I do deals with awareness. It affects your range damage. So, um, and kind of, I mean, with with the way these attributes work, it makes sense. Coordination, intelligence, mental strength. Which again, we've played Palladium games, right? So that kind of makes sense to us, you know, me, right? Mm -hmm. Personality, physique. And strength. I, I don't think that those need to be really described too much. No. Mental strength is important for the folks who want to be uh, magic users. So character creation, it uses a life path system. And there are two ways to do it. You can roll for most of them and have five points to kind of spread around to tweak things, which I go through very in-depth in my uh, character creation video. Or if you're the wackadoodles out there who don't like any sort of randomness out there and just want to buy everything, there is a system, the optional point by system, which gives, just gives you 12 points. There are eight steps. So essentially you have just one point per step and you figure out what you want to do and you can spend a couple extra points and a couple different steps to, to tweak things in your favor. But you, you, you get more points if you use the life path system. You end you, up with more. Well, no, both. Well, you have more points. The point buy system, the points are used to tweak the rules. Right. That's all they're used for. The, the life points are used to tweak the rules. But since you're not rolling at all, you're essentially spending points at every section. That's why you get the extra points. Okay. So, as always, I like the rolling method. Hmm. You know, with, and I'll tell you that the five points, when I do the character for the, the, um, for the real character creation video, I only spent Two, two, two of the five points. I what saved all the if rest. You don't spend them all. Um, they they add uh, bonuses to your character at the end. Oh, at okay. the end of character creation, like extra skills or an attribute increase. Uh, oh, neat. You, okay. you can, so you do you do get a benefit from them. So here are the eight decisions in the life path. Decision one: select starting attributes. And look, they, they start at five, and you can do a couple of things. You can lower an attribute by one to raise it by one, but the minimum is four. The maximum is six. The other thing you can do if you want to, I think this is a waste personally, but maybe you have a reason for it, is you can spend a life point, one of your five life points, and just say this one's a six without reducing something. Seems a bit expensive to me uh, when you see what else life points can do, but you can do that. Decision two, determine birth faction. Now, if you just have your heart set, I have to be Mishima. Well, then maybe you want to spend a life point here. It's not that big of a deal for me. <laughs> like maybe because i'm not that invested in the game it's not that big you know that big of a deal to me so you gain but you gain a a skill from your faction and maybe i'll scroll through that in a minute but you'll, you'll gain a skill from your faction and a talent what's a talent uh, it's um it's it's a skill a specialization i think that's the best way to say it that's what a talent is so you'll have total of three and if uh, if a Heathen Dog knows how to fisticuff, right? He's got the fisticuff skill. He'll, his first talent might be knock your ass out. All right? So now his punches do more or whatever. Obviously, these aren't the real ones in the game. 
Uh, My fist is ever ready for a knockdown blow. <laughs> there you go. Uh, you know, like for a ranged weapon, the first one is sniper. It just means you get to uh, potentially up, up your damage. I think it's kind of a misnomer, but whatever. You get a language. You get two languages, actually, and a faction event. It's these events that are going to F you over. Not the random rolls for what faction you're from or whatever, unless you have your heart sold on something. It's these events that could be good or bad and always like to kick me in my left testicle. The same one over and over again because it hurts and hurts worse and hurts even worse than that. This game hates me when it comes to faction events. I believe it's 50-50 chance. I don't know that. That's not your experience. <laughs> That's not my experience. Um, and you'll, you'll probably get a trait from that. All right, decision three is your social status. Uh, you'll gain attribute bonuses based on that. Now, if you live uppity up, chances are you're not building the strength, right? You're building the mind because you have more access to books. And, and that's kind of how these factions work. Are they stereotypical? Sure, why not? But who cares? You know, if you want to pick something, you can. The only thing you can't pick is ultra wealthy. And like, again, I can show that in a little bit. We'll scroll through that. You'll get an item of interest, which could be useful or could just be a role-playing hook or it could be something that you could sell. But uh, apparel and lodging, it'll pretty much tell you what kind of clothes you wear and, and what sort of living conditions you live in, whether you're living in the slums or you're living in the penthouse. Decision four is determine your environment. Pretty much where, where were you raised? That... It, it's more location, but it's your environment. You get another attribute bonus based on that, equipment, resource, and the option to spend life points to pick the result. You really have option to spend life points on all the... Oh, okay, never mind. They do say it here. Decision five is the first big one. These first four, dip, 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 you're done in just a few minutes. This is where things get big. Determine your education. This is your adolescence. This is your, your secondary, or your, sorry, your, your pre-secondary, whatever, whatever. Kindergarten through high school. Education, right? You're going to gain attribute, but you're going to gain a ton of attribute bonuses. Skills. Free career picks. Now, what that means is normally you have to roll for your career. You know, I should probably zoom in on this. You normally have to roll for your career. But depending on your education level, you may be able to pick a career because of your education. So, so like my character, I spent the, my two life points that I spent, I spent on officer training. So I was allowed to pick military as a career or executive. Those are my two choices, or I had to roll. Executive probably would have been the better one, but it didn't fit the theme for the character, so I went military. Spoiler alert. Anyway, um, and you're also going to have an event, and that's where I became addicted. <laughs> I can't, in, in officer training school, I became addicted. All right, decision six and decision seven, I'm going to combine together. Okay. This is your primary career. You will have a primary career. There are lots of caveats to this. You could be unemployed if you want to. You could get fired. But let's do this simply, okay? You're going to have a normal career. This is probably the other place where you may want to spend life points to get a role on a different chart. Else, you're probably going to be a farmer or some low-wage worker, and you're not going to have any money. But there's nothing to say that the, the way this game works, the life path system is only a starting point, right? So yeah, Luke Skywalker farmed water for God's sake. Yes. All right. So grow a pair. And, and this game takes that into consideration because he went, from, that's a great, you know, I didn't even think about it. That's a great analogy because he went from decision six to decision seven. Now decision six is one, you must have one primary career and you must have either one more primary career or which could be the same one 
or an iconic career. Basically, you have to have two career uh, phases, as they call them. You can have up to four if you want. You want to make your character a little older? Go for it. You can do that. However, you only get the attribute increases one time. That is it, one time, and that's in Decision 6. The first time you do Decision 6. After that, you get the skill bonuses, but you will not get the attribute bonuses. So what's Decision 7? If you meet the entry requirements, and all of them have prerequisites, and we'll look at them in a moment, you can be one of the iconic careers. You could be, you could join the Brotherhood. You could be one of those conquistadors that likes to touch things that they're not supposed to touch. Or you could be what I did with my character. I became a blood beret. Uh, you know, pr super soldier. Well, a competent soldier. <laughs> uh, but I get to wear my beret everywhere, right? Uh, blood, well, what's that? And it's made of blood, apparently. Well, it's not made of blood, but do you know how, like, in the Air Force, we had the Scarlet Berets and the, and the Maroon Berets for PJs and, uh, and CCT. I think I got it backward, though, uh, for combat controllers. Well, they're blood berets, so, you know, they're kind of in the middle there. Right. Uh, they, they spill a lot of blood. But you not only have to meet the requirements, but you have to make a roll using one of the mandatory skills that comes with the class. For me, it was, uh, well, I had everything, but uh, for me, uh, I used ranged weapons. I rolled my ranged weapons, and it was difficulty two. So I had to you get two, two successes, success. yep. two successes on a ranged weapon roll. I could have spent points to bump that up, but I said, no, sir. I'm not going to. I made it. I made it on one die because the other die, I think I did roll that 15 I was talking earlier. I didn't make it. I, but I got like a two or a one or something on the other die. It's like, yes, thank God. So what happens if you roll? I want to be a blood braid, but I can't. Well, you go right back to decision six and you just pick a basic career. That's a fine. They still give you skills. It's not like the iconic careers. You have to be that in order to be successful in the game. Not at all. Not at all. But they're iconic. So, you know, they, they give you a little... And like I said, you could do that up to eight times, up to four times. I read eight down here. And, and then finally, you've got your careers, you've got your education. Now you do the final customization. This is where you gain two Chronicle points to start. Convert up to two life points for two extra Chronicle points. I didn't do that. Uh, further life points, maybe converted to assets or skills. You can do that. We'll talk about assets at a different time. Assets are not like other games where uh, you buy things. Things cost as instead of saying you have twenty thousand dollars and this costs you know four thousand five hundred sixteen and doing math, it's it's assets. So if you have ten assets and the item costs six assets, well guess what? You're down to four assets. And it's to just simplify the numbers. If you really, really, really are like, no, I have to know exactly that this pencil costs sixteen cents. Well, you and your GM can work that out. That's just not how the game works in its default. And I'll be honest with you, I like it. I I like it for its simplicity. In the 90s, I probably would have been all about like, no, I need, I need to know specific. No, I, I liked it for simplicity now. And then you can spend life points on other things. For me, I did, uh, like I said, I did, I picked three skill foci because I could do that. And you determine your starting wounds. These are configured attributes, configured stats, whatever you want to call it. Your starting wounds, uh, character traits, yada, yada. And we'll zip through the, the, some of the charts real quickly. The ones I want to focus on are, um, once I mentioned earlier, so here you go. Get two languages, capital, luminar, patois. You get these two skills. You can pick one of them as a signature skill, which we didn't talk about. That's fine. We'll talk about that later. And that, that's kind of your, uh, like your, I don't like the way they word it here, but this is your talent. You're, you're a citizen. As a citizen, you get all the benefits of being a citizen, but also you have to follow the laws. And oh, because of that, uh, I can tell you that as Imperial, 
uh, I can go up to another Imperial member and ask for water and air, and he has to say yes once. I need to breathe and I need to drink. Here you go. I want to do it again. You know what? Maybe you should leave. All right. But you know what? At least I got one drink out of you. I don't know here, you, bitch. <laughs> uh, here uh, again, you roll your faction event table. I got uh, for mine, do, 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 where was it? Grandfather's pistol. Not strictly legal. Your family has kept an old aggressor pistol. My character's like nine aggressor pistols. <laughs> That's a character creation by the time I was done because of how Imperial works. But uh, like wider. <laughs> so now how much damage does this old aggressor pistol do well i don't i don't have the or i haven't looked at the faction book according to this book there's no answer to that that's up to you and your gm maybe in like the faction book it'll tell you um maybe your gm wants to say it's just just the same as the modern one i don't care but you know that's something you can work out with your gm uh scroll down here assets impoverished up to wealthy you cannot pick wealthy you can pick affluent but you cannot pick wealthy with uh with points so you have to roll that one. But and here are the skills you get. So I was working lower, so I got resistance. And uh like you know, power. Yeah, right. Uh do 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 scroll through hey, oh, scroll through here a little bit more. These are the regions. I think I had Luna. Did I have Luna City? I forget. No, I was sequestered. I was sequestered in uh, a clan or fortress estate. Which is another reason why I went the officer route. Because I kind of felt it made sense. If I'm sequestered in some sort of imperial estate. It seems like I would be trained in what that faction would want to do, right? Regimented, so, actually, yeah. into the regiments. Yeah. <laughs> Education, like I said, this is where things get crazy. You get attribute improvements, mandatory. So what mandatory skills are is you must take those skills. It's like OCCs, OCC skills from Palladium. Elective skills are like OCC-related skills, except for it gives you an option of three, you pick two of them. So, And one rank in each of those. This is what it looks like when you get... Uh, when you get your bonus, this actually isn't the bonus. This is uh, showing the character right there. Uh, these are the bonuses right here. Attribute improvements. So, going to be a bunch of those. We're going to skip through and see. This book is a lot of, of uh, stats. That's why it's so thick. It's simple. It's but you're, you're never going to have to read all of them because these are all rolls. Absolutely. roll them and then you move to that section. You choose one or you write it down and then you move on to the next section. Do you have 2d20 near you? Can you roll 2d20? Add them together. Oh, wow. 36. 36? Okay, let's yeah, see. Two 18s. Cool. Oh, 36. So your adolescent event would be, you stood up to the muggers as a kid, have done it many times over, and have the scars to show it. You have a trait called reckless. That seems smart. How is that reckless? Because you keep doing it. If you don't stamp the bullies, they just come back. Uh, but you get an extra... Dark symmetry die for close combat. That's generally a good thing. That means more possible damage. Wait, that means I give a dark symmetry die to the GM? No, no, no. No, it means you roll an extra D6 for damage. Okay. Remember when we looked at those D6s before? One, two, and the and the squiggly symbol count. Oh, wait, one, two, yeah. crappy, three, four, and five, and then the squiggly symbol. Yeah. So one and two means that that's extra damage. So if you roll a two, you did two extra damage. And you oh. get that every time you throw a punch. So you're reckless. But hey, you know what? I put my you, soul into it. Yeah. All right. So that, that's what a faction event looks like. I, I don't know what reckless actually means. Uh, it'll be in the book somewhere, but uh, that's beyond the scope of this. That's for you. I'm showing you to get you interested in the game. I'm not showing you everything about it. So primary career. All right. So here are those columns. You have, you have to roll on column A. That's it. Roll on column A unless you spend life points. 
So, uh, or in my case, I could have been a corporate executive because of my education. Sure. Or military basic, which I picked military basic because it just fit the character more. All right. So wait, no, let me get this straight. You roll, but you also have to meet the basic requirements. There are no requirements for your primary career tab. Oh, okay. All right. The only requirements for the, the iconic. iconic. Yep. Okay. Got it. Check. Copy that. So, and uh, let's look at what did I? Oh, I was uh, military basic. That should be right down here. So, what I get for military basic, I know I could have looked at the education one, but let's stop at this one for a second. I get bonus two to my strength, bonus two to my physique, a bonus one. So, if my physique, remember, it started at five, right? And then whatever my education did to it. But let's just say it's five. Well, this now makes it a seven. So, mandatory skills. I get athletics, close combat, ranged weapons. What if you already have them? Well, you just add another rank to them. Awesome. Elective skills, survival, acrobatics, mechanic. I took survival and mechanic. Why is I a military person? Why would I want to take survival and mechanic and not acrobatic? I mean, acrobatics is balancing. It is, you know, it kind of uses the move uh, attribute to some regard. The way I see it is if I can't get that truck running. <laughs> yeah. Jumping around doing weirdo flips is not going to save my life. It, well, it can, but yeah. It, it can, uh, but not in the long run. Getting right. out in a truck, All right. that'll save my life. And survival, I might want to find, you know, some food, some water. Yeah. Rub some sticks together. Make a fire. Sounds good to me. Now, I'm allowed to pick one of these four as signature skills. Athletics, close combats, ranged weapons, or survival. Well, you already I survival. Oh, I you, you get an extra rank. Okay, got yeah. it. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. S signature skills... This is what it changes. All skills can only rank up to three. Okay. Three expertise, three focus is the max of your sure. skills. Okay. A signature skill can go to five. Ah. You can only have three signature skills at the end of character creation, but sure. you're right. I think I picked survival for the first one. So for this one, I'm pretty sure I picked ranged weapons. Well, when the video comes out, you'll know. So, so then I get a talent for being military. Pick one talent from mandatory skills. So I could pick a talent from athletics, close combat, or ranged weapons. I picked ranged weapons and I picked sniper. You see how this works? Yeah. Earnings rating one. I probably should have talked about earnings ratings a little more. Earnings oh. ratings cannot go down. So well, of course I, not. You only got a one. Well, no, no. I started with a two. Uh, my earlier role was a two. And it did go down. No, it cannot go down. Oh, so, so this didn't matter. This didn't matter. My, okay. So what that means is that my military pay might be crap, but I got some residuals on this. See, I'm live streaming for my residuals for my character. <laughs> but, uh, so, but my earnings ratings too. During character creation, during the life path process, earnings can't go down. And then here's the uh, equipment it gives me, and we won't go into all that. But that, this is an example of what it is. So what, what did we do next? We did the iconic career. Oh, no. Can you roll me 2D20 again? Sure. Uh, let's see. Yeah, it's a six. 24. 24. You were remembered in the will of a relative. Why do you get good ones? Woohoo! I'm rich, biatch. You were remembered <laughs> in the will of a relative. Gain two assets at the age of 20. Now, remember, that's just like, that's like saying you, get, you got money. Remember, assets are just money. It goes up. You spend assets in the game, all right? If you gain a criminal record before then, you do not receive it. So if your roles before this point, you actually wouldn't get it. Oh well, but I, but, I, but we didn't. The system. But Down we didn't. The system. We didn't roll, so you're fired. So 
<laughs> He's getting all the good ones. I gotta see. I, you know, I, I screwed. Okay, let's now go to um, our iconic career, and let's we'll look at over a couple of these. The first one's the heretic. Don't be one. Oh. Do you want to be that? Well, it, it depends. What do the female heretics look like? <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> Inquisitor. These are Brotherhood type people. Uh, that that I looks mean, heavy. I'm not. He carries uh, he carries a book and a chainsaw. Come on. Yeah, it looks heavy though. I don't I don't want to carry that around everywhere. Fair. What's this one? The Mystic. Again, these are Brotherhood. And here, when we get to the blood, uh, Bray, I'll stop and I'll actually show what the things. Oh, we're gonna get there. The Mortificator. Which which. Who's he? Oh, he's he's from this, Brotherhood. This looks like it's going to give me lower back problems in about a year. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what that's diesel punk for you. Absolutely. Here are the idiots who touched the thing. This is who you blame. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I and he, he looks like the one I would want to be too because he's carried around less weight. All right. The other guys can't run for shit. So, uh, murders an acquisition agent. And then here's the blood brain. We'll look at that in a moment. So here's your murders and acquisition agent. Okay, and, well, there you go. There you go. That that is that is some comfortable gear right there. Well, I don't know. That gun looks like it hurts the wrist. Well, all right, fair enough. I'd probably <laughs> get a smaller gun, but everything else, you know, it looks great. Like like fashionable wear day and night. You know, yeah. it looks it looks great. You can wear that black trench coat everywhere, right? All right, yeah. so what what do we get for the blood brain? Well, the prerequisites for being a blood brain is you have to be imperial. Okay. You're not imperial, you're not going to be a blood bray, right? Military education or primary career. Is that not what I said for my character? Basic military, yeah. yeah. Close combat or ranged weapons, expertise one. Well, since the first point you, you put into skills, expertise, yeah, I have both. I made all of these. Again, I'm spoiling a lot of that character creation video, but you'll at least see the step-by-steps exactly the thought process through, right? The difficulty, though, is two. So I'm rolling my 2d20. Now, you can spend life points to make the roll easier by lowering the difficulty down. So now what do I get for being a blood brain? Hang on, wait, wait, wait. What are you, what are you using to, to, to determine success on these, on this? Okay. So roll? one of your mandatory skills. So for here, oh, it's ranged weapons, stealth or athletics. Well, I didn't take athletics. I didn't have any stealth at this point. So I pretty much had to use range weapon. Okay. All right. And, and I used range weapon and, and I made that role. So I made, I made the role and I was accepting the blood brain. If I had not, I would have had to have gone back to the normal step and six. Did a second basic, yeah. uh, basic career. Yes. Now, could I have tried for the blood break again after that? Sure, as long as I don't pass four careers. Four career phases, I should say. Sure. So now I get mandatory skills. So another rank in ranged weapons, stealth, and athletics. And this is where my character creation might go a little weird for some people when you see that video. From this point forward, almost every point went into stealth. That seems weird. I, I have a thought process, and you can find okay. out about that when you watch that video. All right. Um, elective skills, close combat, mechanics, command, exactly as before, you pick two of them. I picked mechanics and command. Why command? Because of something I didn't talk about before. I went to officer training school and I'd already had a trait in command. So, so getting getting a higher skill level in command would would help you would help uh, you activate that trait more often. Yes. Too right. bad that my pers uh, personality pers uh, attribute is pretty low. <laughs> but hey, uh, you know, some officer training kicked in, right? Uh, signature skills. So what this means is I get to pick my third signature skill now, but it must be one of these. I pick stealth because I'd already had ranged weapons. I've been kind of issuing uh, close combat and athletics since the beginning. 
And by this point, spoiler, I had been starting to picture my character as more of an Overwatch type officer or even a sniper. So I felt that stealth along with the survival and the command, I can be on the radio. I can look down at what's going on. I can have over, you know, I just kind of fit the theme more. Then, oh, by the way, the other thing here is you increase them by two, not by one. Oh, because it's an iconic? Yeah. Okay. Choose two talents from close combat, stealth, athletics, or ranged weapons. I think, I forget what I did. I think it was stealth and ranged weapons is what I did. Or it might have both been in stealth. I can't remember. And then you get this equipment. Another plasma carbine, another aggressor pistol. <laughs> I got lots of guns. Combat armor. Mark three combat armor. That stuff is good luck hurting me. And oh, look, my earning ratings goes up. Special forces gets some special money. They take yeah. Imperials take care of their own. Well, the ones that die a lot anyway. Well, hopefully not so much because I'm in Mark III combat armor. Well. <laughs> and you can see all about that, the ins and outs of everything in that character creation video. But there you go. That is, uh, oh, you want to see some more? You can be the crazed look at like, that dude looks nuts, man. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> like, if, if I'm not here, I'm actually, I actually have to commit seppuku, so I'd rather be here. <laughs> But right. I only that much. Right. And then, uh, oh my God, get off my lawn, you varmint. All right. What is he called? <laughs> he's the triad enforcer. Triad enforcer. No, so he, yeah, he takes you off your lawn. Oh, he's a mafia. Yeah. He's like, get off your lawn. <laughs> Where, where's his tracksuit and gold chain? That's bullshit. Well, oh, wait, he's is... wearing a tracksuit. Never mind. <laughs> he's, wearing, he's wearing a diesel punk tracksuit. There you yeah, go. Diesel punk tracksuit. He's missing the gold chain. Damn it. So, Shadow Walk, now you, you can tell this is cybernetic, Ninja. right? Yeah, well, yeah, this would be the end of Mishima. Cyborg and this would be Cybertronic. So you got the, the cyborgs of Cybertronic. Oh, yeah, yeah, which yeah. People don't trust because what does the dark symmetry like to attack? Technology. Yeah, there you go. Um, I hope you've been starring chat because I'm seeing it spam kind of over there. Not, oh, well. Um, this is more of them talking to each other. That, that's okay, good. And then, oh, yeah, the, the, the white... Um, oh, my God. I forget the, the white star the folks. Yeah, I mean, they, they look the iconic part. So. And then uh, what? Is that Yukon Cornelius? <laughs> yeah, there you go oh who is this one? Oh, night witch this is white star okay so i guess the russian night chicks witch. are kind of, yeah the russian dudes look iconic and the russian chicks are actually you know they're actually kind of hot you know so um i guess it is like russia luna pd detective now this is for the more non-factional stuff so yes mm -hmm. even if you're not part of a faction you still have the opportunity to become an iconic class so, and all you need here is observation expertise of one. So as long as you got that skill along the way. You can try it. Yep. Doom Trooper. That sounds. Oh, let me see it. Let me see it. Let me see it. Oh yeah. That's a space Marine. Yep. You know what? Where's, you know why he's a Doom Trooper, right? He's doomed because he doesn't wear a hat. Yeah. He needs his helmet on to really survive anything. But uh, yeah, that looks like a space Marine without his helmet. Yeah. Do who's, you know uh, who's who's Lady Godiva over there? Hold on. Do you, do you know what protects your head in this game? What? Big shoulder pads. That no, that, that's actually fair. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Celebrity. You're playing Celebrity. the rocker. Oh my god, what are you doing with a gun? You you pay Doom Troopers for that. Get the fuck. Get out. Get out. You're playing the rocker from Shadow out. or, or what's it called? A from... bad thing. Get out. <laughs> Get out. Just scroll on. Politician? no and freedom brigade oh my god he he is the picture of desperation <laughs> look at his face <laughs> i'm dying and there's nothing i can do about it i'm just gonna empty this belt ah there you go <laughs> 
got the marshals. You know, now you're getting the hoity toities. He he's got a hat. Yeah, he's got a he's a he's a he's a high ranking uh, space marine. <laughs> there you go. And then your final decisions, as we Great. looked at before. Um, do me a favor though. Uh, where oh I'll show that in a moment. No, no, let's forget. Let's just move on. We've already done the events a couple of times. You kind of see how this okay. works. So here's here's where you add attributes together. So this is where your awareness. Okay, let me let me get them right. Um, bonus damage. The uh, close combat is uh, so awareness is fine. Damage bonus in the right column. So it's just awareness. Uh, okay, the damage bonus table shows the amount of bonus damage character inflicts in either range combat or close combat. Determine range combat damage bonus. Use the table opposite. Compare the a character's awareness. Okay, and close combat is strength. Right? Yeah, strength right there. So my awareness was actually lower than my strength for my rifleman character. That's Guess I'll just good. have to boost that up. So I had zero, but I had plus one. So if this was you, you already had a plus one, right? For close mm -hmm. combat, you'd actually have plus two dice. Nice. So mental health instead of having hit locations for mental health you just have one this is your sanity <laughs> we'll just go with that and then character traits these are your different hit point locations they're uh, oh, I'm sorry your traits are your the things that dms can use against you right and then he, right and here you're here are your wound locations by and i'm not gonna show you ding ding you don't see ding ding but that would be torso oh or maybe legs i don't know so and these are optional tables. Uh, you can have a relationship with another character. And there's yeah. also there's also Hopefully an optional. It's a D twenty. Hang on, hang on. I want I want to see I want to see if if I have a Russian girlfriend. Hang on. Well, this is with the other characters in the group. Seven. Uh, you were both told to meet at the same time, same place, but someone's promising a very special job. Never showed up. So this is like a D and D starting like uh, adventure. You oh, like okay. like uh, I mean, instead of starting at the bar, this is yeah. what happens. Yes. All right. So that is the quick win, 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 win. We will dive into skills. We will dive into traits. We will dive into momentum and conical points and uh, spells. There are going to be episodes in each one of them. This was the overview with a strong emphasis on the character creation side of it. Uh, this is what a character looks like. Well, the character sheet doesn't look like this, but this is how it'd be represented. You can follow everything here. How, how is wounds look you know what skills he's got his expertise and focus if you look down here yada yada this is awareness of seven was he got his eyes closed most of the time jesus yeah yeah well that means he doesn't do any extra damage when he shoots and by the way this is this guy is another uh blood beret <laughs> so yeah but is he close quarters because he's got the strength of 11 that's pretty good us blood beret we don't we just don't like to shoot i guess yeah he might yeah he's gone definitely more yeah because that's signature and everything he went yeah, close, close combat. combat yeah yeah so um the neck breaker just real quickly, not going to read the stuff here, but just to give you an idea. Experience and gameplay rewards, you get experience points. You get chronicle points, which that says give out a couple every hour. You know, just keep, because characters are supposed to be spending them. With a maximum of five. Yeah, with maximum of five. Now, character, uh, do they, is the chart here, is it later? No, it's here. To raise expertise from one to two costs you 400 experience points. Okay. To raise... Focus from one to two costs for experience. So, oh, there so you go. hang on, hang on. Let, let me see if I'm reading this right. If you want to get a new skill, or or no, no, you 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 can't use this to get a new skill. If you already have a skill, that's great. But the and that is what uh, if if you want to increase the focus of your skill, so a success has a possibility of being two successes if you roll exceptionally low. 
you can use 400 to get from one to two. One to two. The only caveat that I would say to what you said, yeah, I have not read this in the book, but I've inferred it from the life path system that I have gone through multiple times. Is this? Okay. You always start your first rank in a skill at expertise. So when you buy a skill, so let's say you want to buy a skill and put it at rank one, you would be, you'd be buying it here, 200. Okay, so you can use experience to buy a new skill. You don't have to wait. Yeah, for because you have all the skills. We'll talk about that when we do the skill section. You have all, well, you have all the general skills. Mm -hmm. So even if you don't have any points in it, you can roll a general skill. So for example, my character has piloting. I can pilot vehicles. I don't have space piloting. Now, with piloting, even without the skill, I can try to figure out how to drive a truck. Without the space pilot skill, I cannot fly a rocket ship. It's a little more complicated. Right. So, and we'll talk about that when we get to uh, the skills. This is an example of what a talent tree looks like. This is a summary, uh, the willpower one. The first one is always the same. Everybody gets the same first talent. Well, within that tree, right? So everybody who wants a willpower talent, the first uh, talent is going to be stubborn. After that, then you can do whatever you want, but you have the prerequisite before it. And sometimes some other prerequisites as well. Excuse me. Okay. Then we'll, we'll just go along with that when we do skills. Yep. And there you go. And then that'll be next week. So there you go. That's, that's my three part initial overview of mutant Chronicles. I'm sure chat's mad at me because I probably got 400 things wrong, but I, you know, I wanted, I wanted intentionally to be oversimplified in this because I want to inspire you to get the game and then learn the nuances from there. And if that doesn't make chat happy, well, chat can get over it. So you tell me, because you're the one starring chats, except for I think I grabbed one. There's 12 of them start, so hit it. Nice. All right, uh, let me get this swapped over here. Why, why is my banner not up? Here's my banner. Okay. So, got star chat. What did he star for me? The Mutant Chronicles setting is really cool, but this edition from Modifius, one of the first games using the uh, 2D20 system, makes creation too complicated and charted. I love life path systems. That's why Abs I did that. Yeah. I absolutely, in any game that has a life path system, the old Twilight 2000, the BattleTech 3rd edition, or MechWarrior 3rd edition, whatever, I love life path systems. The only thing I really loved about the, uh, the Star Trek Adventures role-playing game was the life path creation system. Everything else, I'm either middle of the road or hate, but the life path creation system is awesome. And Max says this one is awesome too. So Modifius can goddamn make a character. All right, they can make, and I'll follow through. I'm a little on the, I'm a little on the fence on that one, but make character, they're good. Do well, the life path system. You're gonna end up having a good time. The opposite side to that though is I want to make a blood beret, for example, or I want to yeah, make this you character. Want, and you roll you have a specific vision, then you're yeah. gonna sacrifice some cool bonuses likely maybe but you're going to be able to do it yeah you can do it you, you either spend your points a certain way you could talk to your gm or just do the the 12 point optional just hear your points and then you just spend the points where you need to to get to that part so i yeah. like it because i i like because it clarifies such a i don't need a 30 page background story that's dumb this does everything for me in one or two sentences and yeah it's a lot of stuff i've got my education i got this but it builds my character to the starting point yeah, you don't need to read it all either. You make a roll and you skip to that section. Yeah. You get that. Then you make another roll, skip to that section. You're moving over a lot of stuff. So you're not reading everything. Yeah. I, I I mean, I guess I get it, but I I like see it's like palladium. You know, sometimes people, myself included, be a, 
It took me six hours to make my freaking Borg character in Palladium because I had to buy everything and do stuff. But what's great about that is I know everything about my character on that yes. character sheet. Yes. I don't have to you, think. Oh, I mean, I have to think to play, but well, I mean, yeah, I don't. You know, you close your eyes, you know what your character has. Yes. Or, or I just look down. It's right there. I don't have to look stuff up. So I'm I'm for a character creation process that takes longer. You're probably going to hear me say the opposite in about six months when we cover freely. But <laughs> I do. But I do like it as long as the length is meaningful. And I think that most life path systems are meaningful. You you know, you might disagree. No. Mute Chronicles, retro sci-fi where humanity started colonizing planets, but then dark demons from another dimension came and fucked with the electronics, so they have to use older stuff. There you go. There, there's your elevator pitch for. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Uh, and you like this one guy's comments? So like, this is the third in a row of his comments. Yeah. Mutant Chronicles setting is. Oh, oh wait, that's the same one as before. Did he say it twice? Yeah. Okay. No, oh, whatever. Okay. Just, Get right out. Weird guy, Legion of Myth. Maybe this is a bit pedantic, but I want everyone to know there's free quick start set of rules available to download. Uh, not only is it quick start rules that are free, is um, I think pretty sure it's on Drive Through RPG. Character sheets are on Drive Through RPG for free. And there's also a player's book. If this 500 or nearly 500 page book is too much for you, just get the player's guide. And I think that's like 100 and some odd pages. And nine tenths of that are skills and spells. I debated using that book for this but i was like no because we're going to talk about some of the stuff that gets a little game mastery at some point so i'm just going to stick with this book huh, that's right a ted kaczynski moment yeah the unabomber <laughs> that's that's he'd have loved he would have been vindicated in uh mutant chronicles right uh, momentum is the reason you want to roll on difficulty zero tests I'll have to look that up in terms of what the rules say, if they say anything, because I personally wouldn't let you like just off the cuff. Now, if the rules say, no, that's a thing, then then I take that back. But just off the cuff, I wouldn't let you roll on a difficulty zero. It's like you made it, but I want no, you made it <laughs> move on. We're, I'm trying to keep things going here. But if the rules are directly written to incorporate that, then yes. Momentum CP DS points are all this. It's not the exact same mechanic. At least I don't read it as the same. It's the same overall concept, but I wouldn't call it the same mechanic. I mean, they can be used in many similar ways, but I, and I guess I'd have to play it to see it. But in my reading of it, I see them as very, very similar, but not the same. But you know, again, you have way more experience with that than I do. So, first worth the random life path system never created a bad character. I don't know. I didn't like my... No, I did. Uh, every time I've used the random life path, created a viable... Yeah, there you go. Viable in my character is definitely viable. So, and that's the important word for me. Absolutely right. Viable. That's the important word for me. Uh, may create a character you do not want to play, but the character is always viable. Yeah, and see, that's the thing. Like, I get it. I really do get it. Having a character that you have your heart set on, like, I really want to do this thing. Well, then just work it out with the GM. It's usually not that big of a deal. Hell, we did it with Paladins back in the day all the time. Like, I really, really, really want to play a Paladin. Well, you didn't get a 17 charisma. No, what we'd do is we'd make you roll first, and if you didn't get a 17 or 18, then we'd work out how that was going to, you know, how are we going to get you there? Uh, if you roll the 17 or 18, we're like, that's where it's going. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, I mean, there, there are ways to work around that. 
Uh, if you really have your heart set on something and a good table is going to accommodate stuff. Now, if you're like me and just, I like rolling randomly, like, okay, well, where's this character going to go? Because there's still choices within that randomness. If I'm dead set, I'm not going to play a space magician. I'm not going to be one of the brotherhood. I just won't choose those options to be brotherhood. If on the flip side, like I'm going to play a space magician. Well, guess what? I'm going to spend my points where I can spend them to say this made me a space magician. So. Uh, so Mutant Chronicles isn't OGL? Uh, no, I wouldn't think so. Uh, my only experience with it was Warzone Miniatures game and Siege of the Citadel. Unfortunately, I don't know what either of those are, but most games aren't OGL. And most people who are OGL didn't need OGL. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, no, this, is, this isn't uh, OGL. Or unless you're talking uh, Modifius as a whole, like is it 2D20 OGL? That I don't know. If that's the question, then I, then I don't know. Now looking at the basic system of life path system, does the idea of 2D20 excite you more than it did before you started reading the book? Um, for certain games, yes. This is example, like a game like this, absolutely. Yeah. I still, I mean, D20s, I don't know. There's just something about D20s, but the way, the way it's utilized here, yeah. I, I can say that uh, Mutant Chronicles has definitely made me go, okay, you know what? I, I'm more open to it. But I'll tell you this, I don't think it fits a Star Trek theme. Uh, and this is after the different videos. I can't remember if you were on one or not, but definitely Duncan Ido came back to talk uh, with Heathen Dog on one. The, it doesn't fit a Star Trek uh, game to me. Uh, a natural D20 game, a Palladium type game, or even the original uh, FASA uh, percentile based system works better for that. So I think it's only meant for certain type of games, which I could definitely see Conan being because of its uh, sword and sorcery you know, uh, uh, cinematic approach to it. Star Trek doesn't seem to fit 2D20 for me. But Mutant Chronicles, definitely. Uh, yeah. And then there's only one more. There have been 43 chats since you left, and I don't know what any of them said. My God. Am I, hopefully, you know, I'm not making people too angry, but whatever. Uh, important, a number before the Dark Symmetry symbol means bonus dice. A number after Dark Symmetry symbol means bonus number. So DS1 is just plus one, but one DS is a bonus. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I'll figure that out when uh, we get to the skills. We will be covering... That that's why this is this is a series is gonna be a little longer than I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be four weeks, but I think four weeks is bare minimum because skills are probably just gonna be one episode. Skills and talents, that is. Uh dark symmetry, dark magic, you know, heretics are gonna be another one. You know, I I have a kind of framework out, but uh, so I don't have comments from the pre oops, I I have no comments uh, for the previous one because I want to start the year fresh. This is normally where we do comments from the previous episode, but uh, we'll start that next time. And um, here's a question for you, Heathen Dog. Shoot. Reading off these uh, questions, should that be part of a video or no? Since we're now segmenting them more and some of these go back to a previous video, or should this just be for people who watch the live stream? It should be for people who watch the live stream. You know? Okay. There we go. You spend the time, you 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 get bonus content. That's what I and and members only, right? Because members, members only, only yeah, always get spend the money. You get bonus content, <laughs> so you got choices. You can either be here to get the bonus content, or you can pay money and get the bonus content. Personally, I would be here be, because I'm a stingy little bastard, but that's me. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm talking the FASA percentile dice Star Trek version. As far as I know, that's the original RPG, but I could be wrong. Yeah. And I always confuse Mutant Chronicles with MCC. Uh, okay, uh, Mr. Max says. I mean, they're similar. Maybe that's one of the reasons why. Well, see, Mutant Crawl Classics is true post-apocalyptic Earth crazy. <laughs> if you were to play White Star only, I could see that. <laughs> so anyway, that was um, 
That was pretty lengthy, actually. Uh, yeah. But but it's broken into three videos. That's why we're doing that now. So I got three videos out of that one. And now Heathen Dog's going to get his three videos as we segue into his stuff. Um, let me get that up because we still have to do the proclivities once. And you've got, you're going to have that presented when we get there, right? Yep. All right. So let me get segment two ready. And then I can stop talking for a little bit. All right. For segment two today. We are starting a new series. We're starting a whole new segment, too, as a matter of fact. Gone are most of the rants. I say most because there might be something in this book that makes me angry. I don't know. But <laughs> gone are most of the rants. And we are starting. Segment two is going to be one-offs of overviews, fundamentals, and how-tos of source books, games, systems, whatever. And we're going to introduce more ancillary stuff to you or more focused stuff to you. And Heathen Dog has started today, and he wants to talk about the mechanoids. and. We think we're going to break this into three parts. We'll find out later, but it uh, looks like it's going to be three parts. But to start us off here, I have to remind everybody that we believe that role-playing games should take place in fantastic worlds, that the focus of the game should be on role-playing and having a good time. The core values of hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and natural, organic inclusion, not forced diversity. The charity we support is the Wounded Warrior Project, a national nonpartisan organization whose mission it is to honor and empower wounded warriors. Please refer to the description below for the link to where you can make your hopefully tax-deductible donation below. And finally, join us on Thursdays and Saturday evenings on twitch.tv slash Legion of Mist to watch Heathen Dog and his team of dirty casuals play multiplayer games for your mockery and enjoyment. Or both. Or neither. Yeah, just show up and say hi. You'll like that. Here on our YouTube channel, you can watch these game-related segments live every Sunday at 1 p.m. Central Time, or check out the Friday Night Chill Stream panel, where we opine, comment, and editorialize on the TTRPG hobby as a whole. As always, this is a live stream, yada yada. It's not, it's not a concise tutorial. Please subscribe. And Heathen Dog gets the nice blue one. I, I, had, I had the bright orange sun. You did. This Man. is because this is the comforting part of the stream. All right. That's what this is. Okay. All now, right, take it over. Comfort, um, psionic murder machines. There we go. That's where we are. Now, the, the Mechanoids source book two is about the Mechanoids coming to Earth and how Earth deals with that, how the people who accidentally summon them to Earth deal with that, and how all of the powers that, that be on Earth find out about them and then start crapping themselves once they realize what this threat actually is. But I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to get into the deep. You want it, you buy it. Buy the book. It's fine. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to explain first the background of the mechanoids so you can understand why you should be very afraid. Okay. And then we'll move on from there. So let's boom, hit this up. The mechanoids, brief history. Ancient race renowned for their unrivaled technology, destructive power, and evil. Their cruelty and domination became a thing of legend as they swept through one galaxy, galaxy after another. Can galaxy. I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question already? How are robots, and if this is going to come up, uh, spoil, I, no spoiler, but uh, how are robots evil? They're robots. They're not robots. Oh, okay. They're not robots. And that's part of what I'm going to get into. Awesome. If we, if we look back here, uh, right here, ironically, the mechanoid's ancestry is deeply rooted in humankind, not us humans, a different dimension, a different galaxy. Humans propped, you know, popped up on a different earth. And so Max without thick ass Hubble glasses. There you go. That's it. 
Long ago, there was a race of humans in a galaxy hundreds of thousands of light years away from Earth. Legend tells that these humans were refugees fleeing from a terrible disaster. Whatever. Don't care. Their troubles and tribulations are not mine. What I care about is what they did to the universe after this. Their homeworld was torn asunder, and they were among the fortunate few to escape the great destruction. Nobody knows who they were or from where they came. The oldest legends identify as Atlantis. It's an Atlantis thing. No, don't worry about that. But they have been given many names. Their true identity is lost to antiquity. They were a hardworking, peaceful people with an insatiable lust for knowledge. This desire sometimes made them reckless and cruel. So they were human. Okay, we've got it. Desire for knowledge, reckless and cruel, human beings. All you do is say human beings. Stop being a dick. <laughs> These humans had virtually eliminated disease and illness and also learned the secrets of genetic engineering, manipulation, reconstruction, and cloning. So they're about at least 20, probably 50 years ahead of us in these technologies. That's it? Awesome. Yeah. We're, we're, if, if there weren't for laws, we're a lot closer to all this stuff than you think. And uh, let's see. Da -da 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 -da. Uh, the insatiable hunger launched an ambitious program to explore their galaxy and colonize its many planets. Now, here's the rub. Their space technology, not much more advanced than ours. So okay. the human body is amazingly frail when you take it away from things like gravity. And uh, uh, when, when, you, when, you, when your sole protection from black darkness and death is a hull that's this thick, that almost anything can puncture through, including a micrometeorite. So human beings were exceedingly fragile when you leave the safety of our cradle atmosphere, right? So these humans had an awesome idea. What if we genetically engineered humans for space travel? What? Genetic engineering never goes wrong. No, no, it never goes wrong. This is fine. So that's exactly what they did. They genetically engineered some astronauts for the rigors of space travel. Punctured hull? No problem. I can hold my breath for 20 minutes. Bad radiation shielding? No problem. My cells either absorb or reflect radiation now. Freaking awesome. What, you only have paste in tubes? That's great. My, my lower intestine's only two feet long now. <laughs> it's made for paste. It's great. And at first, at first, this worked out pretty well. The, the human populace as a whole was like, wow, these, these brave and these stunning and brave people making the ultimate sacrifice, hacking up their bodies to, to make themselves special on Twitter. I mean, uh, to, to make themselves special for space travel. You mean nobody said this might be a bad idea? No, it's great. It's awesome. I mean, even right now, people are like questioning Musk. I don't know if we want your little brain chips. Yeah. But this dimension right, didn't do that? At, at first, the public hailed the great achievement and yeah. applauded every spaceship launch manned by the reshaped cybernetic crew. Oh, yeah, that's another thing. Uh, now, on top of genetic alterations, they also made them cybernetic as well. Yeah. You know, me meshing man and machine mm -hmm. to make them Again, more resilient. It's never gone wrong in any sci-fi ever. Oh, it's fine. Everyone knows this. And plus, I don't, I don't think that this race of humans had movies. So maybe they, they, had, they had nothing to, to draw from. No, no Asimov's law. Yeah, no, no Asimov's law is like, oh, we didn't have that kind of literature. Damn it. All right. Uh, only a tiny minority voiced any fears or concerns about the experiments and the inhumanity of it all. A tiny majority, tiny, tiny, tiny. 
With time, that voice grew larger, but the tone changed. There was no longer concern about the inhumanity, but great concern for the creature's unhumanness. The more they're, they're modified for space travel, the more they're modified away from becoming human. So now there is a growing group of people who now consider them inhuman monstrosities. Like normal people. Okay, so normal people yeah, consider yeah. them. Like I said, they're, they're very normal humans so far. Reckless and stupid. The creatures <laughs> dubbed New Life or the Mechanoids proved to be superior to their creators in every way. The New Life was encased in powerful environmental cyborg bodies designed to withstand hostile environments. This made them infinitely faster, stronger, and invulnerable by human standards. Because they were completely linked to the robot bodies, they moved with far greater speed and agility than any human pilot operating a machine. Their mental capabilities were also formidable. The screening process for volunteers meant selecting only the smartest and emotionally stable individuals. As a result, the <laughs> majority of the mechanoids were smarter, faster in thinking, and more resourceful than the average citizen. Genetic manipulation had also given the cyborg explorers dramatically enhanced and consistent psionic powers, including telepathy, empathy, racial memory, and a psionic link to all their mechanoids. Now, two of these things spelt the doom of, of humanity. Racial memory and a psionic link with all their species, because they are now a different species. These two things would be the end of, of that humanity. The end. Hooray. And, and we'll go why. The new life was viewed as a frighteningly mon monstru monstrous subrace. Subrace. See, just like all humans, anything that's different is below us. <laughs> right? That's the way humans work. Although the mechanoids were loyal and benevolent beings, remember, these were all volunteers. Specifically chosen to be the best of the best and loyal to the people of Earth. Okay? They had no ill will. They loved us. But we looked at our creation and wept at the monstrosity <laughs> that we made. And then what we do, we just, we take out a gun and shoot them. And when they're down, we piss all over their cyborg corpse. That's what we do because we're human. That's our strength, being dicks. Well, if you don't look human, you're not human, right? There you go. I don't see the there, problem with that. The, the presence of the mechanoids made true humans uncomfortable and some physically ill. And that's our fault. We did that. We made them look like this. And we're blaming them. Again, pushing off blame. A human trait. I mean, hell, it's in Earth on sloth blame. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> Eventually, the human creators decided they had created an abomination that had no right to exist and destroyed the thousands of mechanoids still on the planet. These are the guys we made. And Wait, we, had we took the smartest of us, built them up, and then said, nah, go. No, you're ugly. You're ugly, bitch. And then Why do I picture humanity being nothing but a bunch of hillbillies after that? Oh, uh, humanity's going to be a bunch of charred corpses after this. <laughs> The new life that had been sent out to explore the stars were racked with confusion and sorrow because they received the psychic screams of all of their brethren getting slaughtered. Remember, linked to all other mechanoids. Psych psychic linked. One, one hive mind. They felt the murder and the betrayal of all the humans that killed every single mechanoid on the Earth or their Earth. 
They felt that. After a short while, they decide they must have done something wrong to anger or frighten their creators, even though in their in their memory, in their racial memory, they can't remember a single thing they'd done wrong. But something they did must have been misunderstood. Remember, they're loyal. They're loyal. It's kind of like so the dog pack. So what do they do? In a futile effort to prove themselves worthy, the new life built improved mechanical bodies and made more genetic improvements on themselves. It's like, oh, they don't think we're good enough. <laughs> so let's make we'll us make ourselves stronger. better. What it did was made them more monstrous to human eyes, even more of an abomination to us. But they didn't. They thought they were doing good. They they thought they were they were doing good things. They were doing good works. When a design proved especially successful, they made thousands of clones encased in environmental bionic bodies. It's like, oh, this works really well. That's a, that's an improvement on the last model. Well, we'll discontinue the old model, and from the from moving on, we'll clone this model. Really getting a World War II, let's build up our tractor parts vibe. They they, they thought they were doing it to the betterment of humanity because Not they fair. still okay. think, idiotically, they still think they're part of humanity. Humanity, real humanity knows the score. No, they're not. And started murdering them en masse. But they still think they can get back into our good graces. Let's see how it works out for them. When the new life returned, they looked much more like the mechanoids we know today, which are non-human nonsense, like, like these things. Just machines with little brains inside. That's it. There's a human brain inside that. Well, a human brain plus some goo. Yeah, basically. But I mean, but 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 effectively speaking, there is a a, a life form inside. Yes, them. inside. Yes, they, they are cybernetic, not robotic. They are cybernetic, man, uh, flesh and machine. Somehow they thought that the creators would appreciate their improvements and welcome them with and their gift of knowledge. Because not okay. Listen, to this Th this is this is like V'ger coming back, right? Daddy, I'm home. I've got knowledge of the entire galaxy, and I'm ready to give it to you. And humanity's like, oh God, no, what is that thing? Kill it. It only only unlike uh unlike in Star Trek, um, there was no Kirk to help everyone out. And it turned out bad. Instead, the humans were repulsed and terrified. Mechanoids were more alien than ever. They'd increased their numbers a hundredfold and possessed knowledge of technology far superior to the humans. Furthermore, the humans assumed that the mechanoids would seek to punish them for the slaughter of innocent cyborgs left behind. You'd think so if they were still human and stupid, but they're not. They're mechanoids, and they've been around the block, man. They've been all around the galaxy, and they're willing to forgive and forget. But no, humans can't, can't think like somebody else, right? Not, not in this world anyway. Humans just got to be dumb every step of the way. And this, this last step, is no different. Thus, the humans rejected the gift and threatened to destroy the mechanoids unless they left the planet immediately. Here's where the psionic thing was probably a mistake. The blind hate, terror, and revulsion emanating from the humans all over the world were a shock to the psionic creatures. The mechanoids had never considered such a reception. Listen to this. They never considered for a second that they would be hated. So two, two questions I've got for this, though. I understand they're loyal, and that, that's been presented multiple times. Yep. Yes. But if they're formerly human, you know, the smartest of us. They still think they're human. Okay, okay. If they think that, hmm. Okay, that, that puts a crux in my, 
See, they because they were all made from humans. So they still think logically that they're humans, just augmented humans. Whereas humans who weren't mm. augmented think them as monsters. Because I, I would think that the smartest amongst us would be like, you know, humans are dumb. And yeah, you know they're human, gonna they're gonna react human, negatively to this. Humans are not led by the smartest among us. You know that. No, no, not the humans. I'm talking on the mechanoid side. That oh, they, the mechanoid they, side. Yeah, they, they would they actually expect this. Yeah, Thank no, gosh. they no be, because they were built to do a function. They are fulfilling their function. Why would anyone hate us? Yeah, fair. We're doing exactly what they said. Go out in the universe, explore it, come back, tell us what tell us what you found. That's exactly what they're doing exactly what their mission was they succeeded on every front and this is what happened for decades they had been consumed with proving themselves worthy of the creator's love and admiration Aww. this was too much to endure to make matters worse the cyborgs could feel the human's guilt for the many murders of the planet-bound mechanoids for the first time, the new life realized they had done nothing wrong except to allow themselves to be shaped and reborn by human creators who were not noble and brilliant, but <laughs> loathsome, frightened, and horrible monsters that destroy all they fear or do not understand. That is fair. About right, yeah. Yeah, that's about right. And this is the last thing most people see before they die. Nice, nice formation of drones. When the mechanoids did not immediately comply with the humans' demands to leave and never return, they were attacked. And that was it. Gloves are off. The mechanoids retaliated. The clash was long and bloody one. When the battle was over, the new life stood among the ashes of the old. The legacy of hatred and violence would continue for ages. The mechanoids were no longer tolerant, were no longer, would no longer tolerate degeneration at the hands of their inferiors. They had proven themselves more than worthy of the humans involved in their genesis. They had proven themselves superior by feasting on the bones of their creators. But this was not enough. No, 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 no. From that moment forward, the mechanoids dedicated their existence to the complete eradication of the human race and all creatures like them. And some of you are saying, whoa, 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 whoa. Time out. This is a bit of an overreaction, right? I mean, yeah, they got vengeance on, 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 the, on the people that physically and emotionally wronged them. That's fine. You can stop now, Ripley. You can turn the car off, right? No. Because of those two problems I told you before, racial memory and psychic bond with all mechanoids. Every single mechanoid that is cloned has a racial memory of who came before. That means the, the genocide of their people on the planet that the humans murdered is fresh in the mind of every new mechanoid created. Time heals all wounds except wounds that are ingrained in racial memory. Yeah, and yeah, to, wounds that actually haven't really experienced that time. Yeah, exactly, right. And then the racial link is is kind of like a, a Twitter echo chamber of hate <laughs> because the all all the people you have access to are other mechanoids, and all of them hate humans, and they're magnifying your hate. You're magnifying their hate, and all there's all there's left is, is hate for humans, and it just expands into now humanoids. You got two arms and two legs. Screw you. You're a human. Die in a hole. Oh, you don't have a hole to die in? Let me help you. So there's where the mechanoids are coming from. This is the mechanoid threat. 
if you are a, if you are a humanoid, you are the blood enemy of all mechanoids. They see you and instantly they their memory, like I said, which is absolutely fresh, of genocide perpetuated against them by people who look just like you. And you got to die for it. That's the background of the mechanoids right okay. there. So uh, this next part, is it going to be, is, is it actually motivations? Because <laughs> that sounds pretty motivated right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, now uh, this it's motivations when they come to Earth. I've just got to find the right page. Where is it? Just so folks know before he starts here, um, me putting up this little slide here just helps me figure out where to highlight stuff later. There's no, yeah. we're not trying to be like, oh my God, everything's so crazy segmented that, uh, you know, if we don't do this in the future, we don't do it in the future. If we do it in the future, we do. It's like, it's just helping me out later. Uh, let's try this page. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Hello, everyone. We are now at the uh, Rift Sourcebook number two, Mechanoids, the motivations of the Mechanoids on Earth. Now, to start this off, we're, we're going to we're going to do a, a little uh, overview on the Mechanoid hierarchy. So we know we know exactly what we're talking about and who came to Earth and why. Uh, the estimated total population of mechanoids in the universe is a paltry 800 million. Oh, and like and subscribe for a paltry 800 million. Hopefully, hopefully dollars. Yeah. <laughs> 800 million dollars. This number is about 10% compared to past numbers, but then they have just made their reappearance in the universe. They continue to build their numbers. Okay. Now, on Earth, come over here. And, and this, this is specifically Rift's Earth, right? Yeah, this is specifically Rift's Earth. The Earth... The Earth of of Rift's Earth is this. This is where they are now, thanks to an idiot shifter. <laughs> you will tell that story, right? Yeah, I'm going to tell that story. That's fine. Now, uh, what happened was, I'm I'm going to I'm going to tell it right now. Uh, there there is an an artificial intelligence called Archie Three, and he's based in what was formerly Aberdeen Proving Grounds in Maryland. Uh, he was he was a military a military AI controlling an underground uh in, industrial facility. And, uh, and, uh, um, uh, what's the word testing, uh, testing and, and development, uh, Oh, research area. and development. Okay. Yeah. Re, re, yeah. Yeah. Our R and D industrial facility. And when the rifts came, he actually became self-aware. So he's interested in things he doesn't understand. And one of them is magic. Now, if you want me to go over Archie. In more in depth, that's in source book number one. I didn't want to do that, but to 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 show you, let how us know they, in the comments. Yeah, yeah, let us know in the comments if you want me to go over source book one, and 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 I will. Now, anyway, so Archie and his brilliance brought in a shifter. Now, if you don't know, a shifter is an occupational character class in Rifts, whose main dubious ability is to open up Rifts to different universes. Now, there's a problem with this. Uh, he can only open up riffs in two ways one someplace he's been before or two a random rift so archie paid this rifter to open up a rift for him 
inside his underground complex. So Archie, the super mega smart sentient robot, or, or sorry, the c- computer, yep. said, hey, can you open up a hole to another dimension here for me, please? Well, no, he did take some precautions. He had a whole bunch of, of, of uh, you know, combat robots all around covering the portal, which is great and all. That's fine. That's fine. But uh, he didn't really understand magic. The shifter was like, you sure you want to do this? Archie's like, yeah, do it. He's like, okay. So he opened up a rift. And uh, the rift was big. It happened to be really big. You know why? Because shifters suck. This rift not only was inside the underground complex, it it emanated up into, into the, the landscape above. And while a dozen or so mechanoids came into the base, several dozen more and a giant uh, spider uh, robot fortress thing also came through the rift up top. How big was that rift? It was, it was at, at least think uh crap uh 150 200 feet tall yeah the shifter is probably standing there yeah that was a good one (laughs) Uh, but the shifter got his got his penance he he got his he got his comeuppance because immediately as the as the mechanoids inside the base walked through the bottom of the rift they shot the shifter's head off but you know why human oh humanoid kill it that's what happened and then immediately these psionic robots mer- uh, like started to merge with, with the mind of Archie before he could throw up defenses. Couldn't, he couldn't stop their, their access because he wasn't, he wasn't prepared for it. And they started to gain knowledge from him. He quickly blocked it, but the cat was out of the bag. Now they, they know Archie's there. They start talking to him. They realize he's not a humanoid. They're like, okay, you're, you're, you're cool then. You're going to help us kill humans, right? Because that's what we do. Archie's like, um, yeah, sure. Yeah, kill all humans. Sounds great. Yep, I'll, I'll, I'll bend her this up. No problem. Because at this point, Archie used his sensors to realize what was on the surface. This thing. What, what is? That is the spider fortress. Now, to give oh. an idea, uh, it is 1,600 feet tall, 853 feet in width and length, it weighs 6,000 tons. Uh, it has a power system of plasma energy that'll last 600 years, has 24 attacks per melee round. That's just it. That's just it. I mean, we're not talking about people around it. That's just it. The, and it the parked thing. on top of Archie? Yeah, it's parked right on top of him. So he's thinking if he says no to anything, he's screwed and he's right. Because uh, the only thing mechanoids hate more than humanoids are people protecting humanoids. Oh, no, we can't have that. Humanoids must die. So, yeah, this, this, this fortress is no joke. And it has an energy, energy barrier system that uh, it doesn't, I think it's like 3,000 MDC that can be recharged. So yeah, it uh, no, no none of the other major human-based powers on this planet have force shields. These mechanoids have force fields. All right, that alone makes them the biggest threat in North America. That alone, because so how it, are they being held in check? Ah, because the rift closed very suddenly once the shifter was dead. 
The rift closed. Only, only a few dozen mechanoids came through and the spider fortress and some robots and, and giant robots, but they were in the middle of a battle at the time. So they're damaged. They need Archie's facilities to repair their equipment. They need Archie's facilities to, to, uh, to repair their machines, to clone new, new uh, uh, mechanoids. Because without a shifter, they can't open up a, a rift again to call for reinforcements. They can't. So they have to make do. So they're using Archie as an incubator and repair station <laughs> to, to, to repair and gather more forces to take over the Earth. Okay, another question. Maybe I'm, uh, So mechanoids are humanoid, right? I mean, they get human, no, human, well, no, no, human noggins in them. They got they, human brains. That they would say, no, we are not human in any way anymore. Well, but they'd say they that. Organic brains. Organic brains. All right. Instead of killing all humans, well, uh, now that they're cut off, why don't they collect humans? Collect them for what? To be brains inside Archie Cybernet? No, no because their, their cloning technology is top notch. Why, why would they care? Okay. Oh, okay. So they, they brought the cloning with them. Yeah, it's in the Spider Fortress. Okay, got it. All, all, all their databases are in the Spider Fortress, and, and Archie, with his R&D facilities and, 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 and his industrial machines underground, can, can not easily, but in time, recreate everything they need. Okay. That answers plus, the question, then. And plus, uh, using the humans for anything except uh, target practice and <laughs> torture is completely against mechanoid code just like completely does not compute humans are only good for two things chasing and killing and that's it that's all they're good for 100 that's it seems like the mechanoids might be a little grumpy they're yeah like i said two problems racial memory and psionic link with all mechanoids this th this breeds an endless loop of, gr of greater generating hate there's no reprieve they're just going to kill humans forever as long as there's as long as they're humanoids they're going to kill them all right so that is what the mechanoids want to do now the only thing stopping them or slowing them down is the fact that they can't get reinforcements they the the, the spider fortress which is on a on a abominable thing it it could take over a quarter of north america by itself if it was in pristine working order but it's not they were in the middle of a fight this thing is damaged they need to repair it they need to create more of themselves they, they need to re repair their their technology first so they can get their their cloning vats online and start making more people and then uh re retool archie's uh industrial machine to make uh to, to to make mechanoid bodies that they that they can put the cloned goo into but give them a year and they're they're going to be like like a swarm of death, just locusts who hate anything with arms and legs. And they're going to kill everything that stands. And Archie, while he's not a big fan of humanity, understands that, well, he lives here too. And he kind of needs humans a little bit, you know, because there's some itches he can't scratch. You know, he's he needs to be have his oil changed every once in a while, you know. And he can't do that himself. Some of the stuff he just can't do. His robots can't do. So he understands humans are a necessity. Me mechanoids do not understand this at all. At all. And on top of that, mechanoids will 
devour and destroy all of all of humanoids on this planet and then use the rifts from here to go to different multiverses and do the same thing and if they so, ever figure out a way to scientifically open a rift oh my god the multiverse so is dead the multiverse is dead if the mechanoids get a stranglehold on rifts earth the multiverse is gonna die because they're gonna it, get everywhere is there an update to this without you know spoiling everything that that kind of talks about what's happened with the mechanoids since this point there, uh, I mean, this is one of the earliest source books. Yeah, and and even in this early source book, they talk about there was a a, a, a schism in in inside the the mechanoid culture. The reason being is because there was in in a in one cloning sequence there was a there was a mistake, a cloning mistake, but this mistake wasn't caught, and after millions of clonings then it was discovered that some mechanoids just don't have the hatred for humans that others do. Mm. They're considered good mechanoids and they fought against the regular mechanoids because why are we wasting our time murdering humanoids? We could be doing so much more. And the other mechanoids, like, what are you stupid? They're the other mechanoids are like, what are you dumb? There's humanoids still out there. We got to murder them because they're out there. And the good mechanoids were like, but just cause they're out there doesn't mean we have to kill them. We just, don't go to them we go somewhere else there's so much more in the universe we can we can discover we don't have to murder people we can just find cool places to be what's a percentage you know? of those uh minuscule okay C compared to the to the vast majority of all mechanoids everywhere but it was enough it, it, it was it was enough to vastly reduce the number of mechanoids in their home universe so much so that it's been a couple hundred years and the, the mechanoids are just making a comeback because some of them, uh, so, some of the regular mechanoids put, put their, put their elite in stasis. So when their race died out, the stasis was brought, was, was undone. And now the mechanoids are starting to repopulate again. And some of those are now who are on earth. No good mechanoids are on earth. Nope. We got the bad ones. Yay. <laughs> That's we good to know. Okay. And, so, and so, you, so you're not going to have any any good no, mechanoids in the coalition. No, good mechanoids even then is a stretch. They're just not homicidal. Oh. That's the only good part about them. They're not pure hate-driven machines of death and destruction. That's all that is. So that is what they're doing and what they want on Rift's Earth. Okay. So the next thing the, to end this... You're going to regale us with some adventure or tell about how people there, can there have. There are some adventures in the back of this book. Yes. Are there any ideas that the back of the book is missing that you can expand upon? I can. All right, cool. Here we go. All right, everyone, here we go. Uh, we are now at the, at the end of this book, we are at the game master section. So I'm not going to go into super detail on this, but these are some adventure ideas that, that come with any good source book, how to use the information you were just given. As we can see here, we have an awesome glitter boy getting attacked by a wasp mechanoid. And we got some brute, got a, looks like the remnants of a brute mechanoid in the bottom. As you can see, the pylons have been engaged. So he can't run away from this wasp. He's going to get his ass handed to him. You can't shoot a wasp with the boom gun? Well, you, you can, but they're a very small target and they're very fast. They get bonuses to dodge. 
Okay, uh, this, this adventure is called The Nightmare Begins. Basic plot. This adventure is an introduction to the mechanoids, their cruelty, and their plan for destruction. It is suitable for player characters of any experience level, but is ideal for low to mid-level characters. Some GMs may want to beef up the opposition if a player group is high level or unusually tough. However, even against high-level heroes, the GM may want to keep things as they are. This would make it a quickie adventure that establishes the overall setting and conflicts to come. Okay, now, now th this one is you th this one is a drop in adventure maybe in the middle of another adventure as long as they're passing through maryland if you if characters are passing through maryland you you drop this as a one-off they come across these weird cyborg creatures who instantly attack them because they're humanoid why are the and, borg attacking us yeah and there you go so subscribe to the borg attacking and uh, so you you uh, you destroy them. You sift through their remains. And you're like, we've never seen anything. We've never heard of anything like this before, huh? Okay, we'll put this in the back of our mind and move on. And then later on, another adventure. Now 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 the mechanoids become the main deal for your for your characters later on. And then we have after. I'm not gonna let you. And don't don't spoil the stuff. But uh, no, you know, show some good adventure ideas. I like this. Right. And then there's the map scenario outline. The setting, the eastern forests of Maryland, Pennsylvania, Virginia, or neighboring area. Basic plot. A group of two-bit bandits are running a clever scam on adventurers who have come to these parts looking for the devourer. That's what, uh, that's what uh, the uh, dragon head of, uh, of the free state of Laszlo calls, calls the, uh, the mechanoids as one of the seven threats to, to Rift's Earth. If the mechanoids are not stopped, they will destroy Rift's Earth. They will. That's it. And so they're they're called the Devourer. Okay. Uh, Wiley Willie Gladansky, a confidence man of remarkable talent, claims to know where to find the Devouring Swarm. According to Wiley Willie, there's a place of magic, Leyline Nexus, where the Devourer has created a dimensional rift. This is supposedly the rift that the Devourer first arrived through and now which he continues to bring his demonic troops. To add to his credibility, Willie accurately describes the mechanoid brute, wasp, runt, and thin man. All of the, these are diff, different types of mechanoid shells. As a final touch, he pulls out a keepsake, a close encounter, the grinning jaw of a thin man and a few other bits and pieces of alien scrap metal. If questioned, Willie seems to be absolutely sincere and honest. His story is consistent and feasible. In fact, okay, this is, this is a deal. He's a con man. He's trying to take your money, send you on a wild goose chase, and then disappear. All right, this is regular comment stuff. Only he's more on the mark than he than he knows. The rift he's talking about that's currently open is not currently open, but the but where he where he takes them is where the mechanoids are, hoping that the that the uh, that the mechanoids will kill the adventuring group, so no one knows he's a con man. So far, it's worked great, but you brave adventurers, you make it out, you confront Willie. And you tear him a new one, hopefully. You 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 show him what the mechanoids do. Yeah. And then we move on. Willie and the bandits. Blah blah blah. Wild Willie. What is it with the weight? Leyland Walkers always wearing a mask. This is this is in Chaos Earth. This comes from Chaos Earth because uh, uh, they they were called Blue Line Wizards in Chaos Earth, and in the aftermath of of the apocalypse. The air was dirty. It was cold all the time because of nuclear winter. So they had to wear respirators of some kind and they had to cover themselves in layers and layers. 
it's just weird because every, that that picture right there it doesn't matter how anybody ever looks i mean that's obviously a ley line walker he's got yes. two knobs coming out it's, of his head and he's a wearing tradition. a mask yeah okay. it is tradition now to okay. wear this no matter what even okay. though the air is clean and the, and the and well the that, that the tradition part makes sense i i yeah. wasn't sure actually why they were doing it but if it's tradition okay yeah, it's tradition. i get that all right, and then we move on to adventure. I now now th those are the two main those are the two adventures written for you, and then it gives you adventure ideas, okay. possible encounters or subplots. And again, I don't want to go through them. Uh, these are evil among evil among humans, non-player characters, uh, DB woman situation, blah blah blah. Evil among humans is another scenario outline. Um, Liberty, another scenario outline. So if you get this book, you've got four adventures right there so far. Yeah, you've you've got two completely fleshed out adventures and two outlines so far. Three outlines that are that are like you know bullet point broad strokes that you have to fill in fill in the ideas. And then there's more that are just ideas, not even fleshed out at all. The mechanoid god, the torturer, the secret. The you know these are all ideas that you have to have to flesh out and you have to turn into actual adventures. So what, what kind of adventure would you make here? Uh, not used necessarily using those, but whether it's a whole, you know, maybe you didn't think about this or just something that you found interesting depends. to be like an idea that I'd want to do with mechanoids. It actually depends. It depends. If, if the characters have met Archie before and if they did an adventure out of source book number one, if they've met Archie and believe Archie is still, is still alive, well, these, these new machines are in his domain. And they might try and find Archie or, or try and see if Archie is up to his no, up to no good and building new robots. And this would, this, this would, this would help them find the epicenter of the mechanoid problem. And then they'd either fight it themselves. I wouldn't recommend that. Or they would go and get help from, from people who understand the mechanoid problem is what it is like the people of Laszlo or um, the, 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 the Splugorth of Atlantis understand the mechanoid problem. And once, once they find out the mechanoids are on earth, they are not happy. They're, they, they think about leaving. Splugorth are alien intelligences. They're basically above gods in the Rift's universe. And they're a little bit afraid of mechanoids. Now, the reason being is because the Splugorth enslave humanoids. The Splugorth are not humanoids. They're, they're gobs of goo with tentacles and an eyeball. They're not humanoids at all. The mechanoids don't have a problem with them, but they protect humanoids. As slaves, sure, but still provide and protect to humanoids. Uh-uh, verboten. No. You're a, you're a traitor. You're a race traitor. As well. Okay. So, yeah. So if if uh, if if they were in if they were involved with Archie, and have some kind of relationship with him, then th then they would go to Aberdeen to say, hey, what are these new things going on? Or or if they think Archie, oh, Archie's up to his tricks again, and then go after Archie again. Or if they haven't met Archie before, they haven't done any of the adventures in Sourcebook One, then uh, then if if they told their story to anyone, any any nation around, then I then that nation would pay them to investigate. And I would go have them have them investigate the forests around, you know, Virginia and Maryland and stuff like that. So how could you run a, a mechanoids, we'll say, campaign? Since they're as powerful as they are, I, I, does does something something like the mechanoids is that better? Is like a one off or two off, and then come back to it later? Or how would no, you no, do what, a campaign? Because yeah. it seems like this could escalate 
quickly. Oh, it could escalate very quickly. And that's that's the cool point. That is the point. If you do not nip the mechanoids in the bud, they will burn the world to ashes. And this will become very clear once once anyone actually gets any concrete information on the mechanoids. If you actually talk to Archie or Hagen or anyone who's in the know, they will tell you, listen, these things will not stop. These are all T-800s. They will not rest. They will not stop until all humans are dead. You cannot let them get a foothold on this planet. You cannot. We and, will. And as die. far as we know, to this point, in like four, four million Rift source books that have come out, we haven't taken up that mantle to try to stop them yet. Well, in in, the, in this book, this is your job. This yeah. is the this is okay, the group yeah. job in this book. Okay. All right. That, so that, it's uh, your job as a group. If your GM has this books and is running you through it, then it's it's your job to stop the mechanoid invasion. Right now, like I said, there's only a few dozen mechanoids, you know, and th there's more now because Archie is has to help them. He doesn't want to, but he has to because th there, there's enough of them to where they could destroy him. Be interesting to see the, the new Archie source book that's coming out, like what his thoughts are on that, because I think that's actually, actually the in in this book it gives it gives updated archie robots updated archie stats up, updated you know power armor and stuff like that that archie's creating for the sole purpose of fighting the mechanoids he's 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 actually uh created technology that looks nothing like his normal technology keeping it secret from the mechanoids so he can use it as a guerrilla force so even even if you even if you had archie as an enemy in source book 1 which he is He's he's a bad guy. The enemy of my enemy is my friend in this instance. Yeah, the enemy of my enemy, which is crazy powerful. <laughs> you know, like like the uh, a, a a psychotic megalomaniacal robot is infinitely better than than a psychotic murderous entire race of people that entire race of beings that can clone themselves into into an army of a hundred thousand in under a year. That's more dangerous. And Archie understands that. As long as you and Archie are on the same page, you are temporary allies. And that's a way it could go. You could ally with Archie's guerrilla force, stopping the mechanoids from getting the resources they need to bring up their clone facilities or the resources they need to create new power supplies for their, for their, uh, for their uh, cyborg bodies. Are there any... Without giving away spoilers, that would be bad for Game Masters. Mm -hmm. Are there any weaknesses to the mechanoids in terms of fighting? Things that, that humans can exploit naturally? Yes. Uh, be, because they are in complete psychic contact with everyone they see as a, as a level playing field uh, being, they have trouble with, with subterfuge. The your your rank and file, you know, on the ground mechanoid is intelligent. They're they're all smart. Some smarter than most, but none of them are dumb. But they're naive when it when it comes to subterfuge lying and, and stuff like that. Because they 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 live in a society of complete openness. A psychic link with every one of their kind. So they can't handle uh they they, they can't navigate a really good liar. They have trouble with that. So that, that's something you can use bluffing. That's something you can use against them. Now, the problem is many of all of them are psionic. 
Some of them more than others, but many of them have telepathy. They have, they have things. And, and as, as long as you have some kind of way to defend against that, actually Archie in this book created a technological mind block, a technological psionic mind block, put on a helmet, power it up. And you, you have a mind, you have a, you have an automatic mind block, which is awesome. A techno wizard would love to get their hands on that. Oh yeah. And that could be a spoil of war for working with Archie. You know, you steal one of these or you, you get one and you, you, you retro engineer it and boom, you got, now you have a, a techno wizard, you know, uh, automatic psionic mind block. Great. Cool. So yeah, that, that is about it. One, one, one last question. What's that? I already know the answer. Well, I know your answer. Sure. Cause you know, somebody's going to ask this. Okay. I've got a mechanoids campaign. I'm about to start. How do I let player characters be a mechanoid? You don't. Okay. There we go. No. Yeah. You can't. Like and subscribe for me for curtailing your, your role-playing goodness. So uh, what are you going to cover next week? Next week is going to be, I mean, it's yeah. Robotech. I mean, it's, it's been paid for three times already. Yeah, three now. <laughs> yeah, it's been paid for three times. So yeah, that's what we're doing. Another Palladium game. By the way, this is not your Palladium books. This is just coincidence, but it is happening. And if somebody's going to donate the money, appreciate. It I, I, don't donate five dollars to do lesbian sword lesbians or, or sorry, thirsty sword lesbians. Where the hell the dumb game? We're not going to cover that. But you know, games in our wheelhouse. So um, with that, I think that's a great overview. Three part, three part overview we have here. I've got some uh, chat starred here, but uh, that's not for you. That's going to be for the people who are here right now. So uh, have a great day, the rest of you. And then I will. Where's where the hell's my stars? Boop. There we go. All right, the mechanoids are basically like the Daleks. Yes, yep. yes, they are definitely. Except the only the only thing is they have a little soft spot for non humanoids who also hate humanoids. They're 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 cool with that. They're absolutely, they're absolutely <laughs> cool with them. Where you hate like, him, I hate All right. Yeah. Okay. I hate. I hate humanoids too. Oh, oh, oh. brothers. You know. We will cool. exterminate you. Then you know. Uh, right, hey, click. I want to click. There we go. Why do you hate transports? Because they're abominations and they're not supposed to exist. There you go. Um, I can't see the smartest becoming mechanoids. That's a midwits thing. Midwits nope. thing. The smartest would be nah. Don't do it, bro. And be called conspiracy theorists. Well, here you go. There, there is a line. Okay, now astronauts, especially in in the in the fifties and sixties, they were the best and brightest of the country. Every single one of them had 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 degrees and advanced degrees. Every single one of them were in peak physical peak physical specimens. Every single one of them were loyal. Every single one of them were ambitious, and they and they had amazing amounts of teamwork. That's what these other humans uh, took from the gene pool to create the mechanoids. So yes, they made things that were infinitely superior to the average human because they started off with the best of the best of humans and then made improvements. So yeah, that's what happened. Okay. Oh, hi, Max and Aishi. Thanks Yay. for the knowledge of the game. You guys rock. Thank you, Hungar. You Hungar? Hope you're out of the hospital. So I didn't see Bring chat. Bring that t-shirt again. Noro. She doesn't have it. Uh, she burned it already. Whatever. No, she didn't. Hey, uh, do you have a Hungar's t-shirt? 
she's gonna go get it. All right. <laughs> I don't know if she's gonna put it on, but she's gonna. No, no, go she won't put it on. But she, if, if she brings it, that's that that's it's free ammo. Okay, what do we got? Uh, fighting mechanoids, you're gonna have to kill a hell of a lot of thin men and runts before you even see a high yeah. rate mechanoid. Thin men and runts are mechanoid robots. They don't really have oh. mechanoid. They, they don't have mechanoid organics in them, but they but oh. they're programmed just like the mechanoids to hate all humanoids and murder, 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 kill, kill, kill. So they're the but, real bender bots. Yeah. See, like like I said, there's only a few dozen actual mechanoids, but there's a whole lot of robots. Okay. <laughs> there you go. The Hungar the Starvarian shirt. There it is. <laughs> That's the Hungar shirt, baby. Buy one Thank yourself. It doesn't have to be pink. But if you want to be cool, salmon is your deal. All right. What else we got? <laughs> Next. Got two more. Uh, question. The heck was trying to destroy a spider fortress when it shipped? There are a couple questions basically ah, related on this. Like, okay, what, here we go. Here what we were go. they fighting before then? What, like I said, the 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 good mechanoids and the evil mechanoids had a fight, and and the total population of mechanoids was was almost completely devastated. So they they had to crawl off into the in some corner of some galaxy to rebuild. During this time, the other races reclaimed all the lands that the that the mechanoids recent you know had taken over. And when the mechanoids came back, well, they're crap, more, more humans on our stuff. <laughs> Kill them. So they're in the middle of reclaiming the, the, the galaxies they normally they had bef before the good mechanoids killed them. So that's that's the battle that they were having. That the rift popped open in the middle of. Okay. Now, the last one, and I think you kind of answered this, but let's get a definitive answer. Okay. Why does the coalition just button down, let the mechanoids murder everyone outside the CS? Okay, that is uh, crafty. That must have been a joke because I know you're not dumb. <laughs> because what are the CS? Saviors of humanity. Exactly. That's the problem. They're humans. There is no, there is, if you're a humanoid creature, there is no talking to mechanoids. There is no scheming with mechanoids. There is no collusion with mechanoids. There's only you die and mechanoids trample on your corpse. That's it. Nothing else is acceptable to a mechanoid. Nothing. You die screaming. End now, of story. Could and you no, see this that story over and over again? Because it's great. Must see TV. You, you could see the CS letting them thin out the herd a little bit, though, right? <laughs> no, no, because really? this, because Emperor Prozac is not stupid. He's a megalomaniacal dickhead, but he's not stupid. He understands that if they get too big, they will murder everything. And there, there's no dealing with them. There's no tricking them. There's no stopping them. They just have to murder them. And doing it alone is suicide. Now, is, is there anybody directly taking on the mechanoids right now? Right now? No. Okay. But uh, once, once you get a couple adventures... Uh, the the uh, the Splugorth start start doing guerrilla raids. Uh, our Archie's secret guerrilla force starts doing raids. Okay. Uh, when when the CS and and Laszlo get get wind of this, they start sending expeditionary forces. So, you know, it all depends on how fast the 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 alliance of the of the humanoids forms. Once it does. If it if it forms fast enough, the mechanoids can can be destroyed. If it doesn't form fast enough, the mechanoids win, and you have to you have to roll up new characters in a new world. 
for clarification. Uh, if the CF no CS notices the mechanoids are killing members of the Federation of Magic, CS isn't really going to help, are they? At first, no. But they, if that happens, what's the CS going to do? Oh, they're, they're killing our enemy. Well, let's send an envoy. Oh, God! The envoy came back in buckets. If they came back at all. They're just chunky salsa now because they're humanoid. Oh, God, they're going to kill us, too. That's going to become very quickly apparent. Very quickly. Okay. I think that's good for segment two today. I like the way this shaped up. Uh, you know, we'll work on this, you know, over the next month or so to make sure, you know, everything moves organically. I, I, well. I, what's that? Reasonably well. Yeah, I, I think this worked out. I, you know, maybe I have to shrink uh, part of segment one, but I like the way segment two works, so... Uh, let's move on to segment three then so that I can go make nine million videos after this is over, which is going to take me until 11 o'clock tonight and I got to work tomorrow. So uh, here are the new rules for segment three. If you're calling, uh, you want to put the link out there while I'm doing this? Sure will. Uh, so he's going to put the link out there for you to join. Please check your audio for you pop in. If you got weird stuff going on in the background, whatever, please don't call in because we're just going to disconnect you. Uh, you get one question or comment related to segment one or segment two. We'll respond. You'll get a follow up to our response and then you're done and we'll we'll finish it up and then, uh, you know, watch the language. This is like the old radio call-ins. This isn't a discussion. This is like the old radio call-in uh, they used to have. So you know, keep it in the spirit of that. Right, question. Uh, what about people watching on Rumble? What about them? Oh, uh, I can put. Oh, see, I have the Rumble thing up. I can put the link out. Yeah, you better do that because it, it didn't. Uh, Streamyards didn't automatically do it. Yep, it doesn't. Streamyards and Rumble aren't fully talking yet, so. So there you go. There's the out there in Rumble now. Oh, I wonder what the mechanoids think about the vampire kingdoms. I'll tell you. you got two legs and bi they're bipedal and organic, right? No, no. Oh. Uh, master and secondary and wild vampires are humanoid. Kill them all. Vampire intelligences, they're they're alien intelligences, basically, but they use humanoids. They don't murder them, they don't eliminate them, they protect them by by being slaves, by, by them being slaves. They're under the protection, which means they're enemies. A lot of talk about the Zitzix, however the hell they're, they're pronounced. They are yeah. also humanoid. They have two arms and two legs. Even though they're bugs, they have two arms, two legs. Murder. Oh, really? Yep. Two oh, arms, two legs, one head, murder. Yeah, it says right there, even the, in the, even the citizens seem as, he, as yep. humanoids. Okay. That's interesting to me. I might actually have to let a mechanoid <laughs> like screw bug people. All right, here we got more Hawkman. Yep. I, I can't click. Where's my mouse? There's my mouse. There we go. All right, my Hawkman, what you got? Okay, so, so the question I wrote down earlier was, how do you run a campaign when you have random character factions? Random character factions? Oh, yeah, we yeah, Mutant Chronicles. Yeah, because yeah. like I remember one thing Max said is I so something about how the, the the life path character creation that he was describing uh, resulted in you basically choosing the faction that your character is associated with at random. Yeah, you can yeah. start at Luna. You can start at Luna, and, because and it's, a, it's it's a melting pot of all the factions. They still segregate themselves to some degree, but yeah. But here's the other thing: they're all against the Dark Legion. Yes. So no matter what, everybody is going to shoot the demon people that have crazy eyes and fire coming out of their ear holes. So uh, 
they might be, you know, okay, you work for Bauhaus, so I, we want you to get, uh, you know, I, I'll say I'm Bauhaus. I've been told, hey, get some secrets on old uh, Imperial man over there, you know, and he's been probably told the same thing. So there might be some back end stuff, but uh, I wouldn't, I don't want to go as far as betrayal because I don't like that in games, but, you know, there can, there can be some seedy elements, you know, going on. There's some information gathering, but ultimately you're all there to uh, make uh, Dark Legion people go bye bye. Yeah, I mean, you you are different factions, but you are all human, and these so, things definitely are not. So the factions don't antagonize each other directly. Oh, they do. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They, they, well, they, I mean, they do, not but... like fighting each other. Oh no, they do. They oh, absolutely they do. do. But but when when they're faced with an existential threat to all humanity, they're they're not they're not dumb enough to just say, "Oh, we'll let them handle it." No, no, they they band together in moments of crisis, or and a or lot of times they band together to get the glory. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So you know, to, you, know, you you can be a multifactional black ops strike team, whose who, whose job is to strike in the in the heart of of the of the, of the demons lair and 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 work work as a guerrilla, you know, faction. You know, and then then right working there. for the cartel makes a lot more sense too. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it, it's it's not just they all hate each other and they can't. I mean, don't get me wrong, there is some of that, but there are. Um, if I remember the the. I think it's Bauhaus is on Venus. There, or is it Mishima that's on Venus? Once Mercury was, I forget. But uh, uh, there are also enclaves of the other ones there. It's just that the majority of Venus is Bauhaus. Hmm. So the other ones know not to mess around too much, but they're also there for their own exploratory reasons. They're also there for no protection, you know. So yeah. um, oh, 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 most important, uh, there there was also what what uh, what he glossed over is some factions are aligned with other factions. Yes. yes. Some factions are neutral with other factions, and some factions are in animosity with other factions. And so, that came specifically because of past grievance, actual grievances that I skipped yeah. over in the timeline. Uh, that yeah. reminds me of something. Max put up a, a screenshot of a a graphic with the six different faction logos with mm -hmm. colored arrows between yeah. them. Yeah. Green means good, black means whatever, red means black means neutral, and and red meant antagonistic. Okay. All right. Cool. There we go. There, there's there's my Hawkman's question. Thank you, Mar Hawkman. I got no real follow up to that other than yeah. I mean, I don't. I didn't want to dive too deeply into that. I just wanted to note that the game has it because I think the game mechanics and how that plays is more important. Uh, also, because what I know is going to happen is those faction books are going to correct everything that I say there. Yeah. The, so the, the action books are going to expand in a way that it, it yeah. changes even the basic information in the main book. So, but, but uh, it was a good question though, because, you know, we've played games in the past, you know, Battlelords of the 23rd century is always the one that comes to, to my mind where the Eridani and the Fentari playable races by everybody in the core book. You don't want one of each in the, in the group because they're blood sworn to kill each other. You know, no, these aren't necessarily like that. Now, you you definitely want to play up on the fa the factionalism, but yeah, some of them. It's funny because some of them have like a blue line going this way, means like, hey man, we're cool, and it's like I hate you. <laughs> you know, uh, it's kind of funny to see some of those, but most of them are pretty. You know, like you know, hey, we're we're buddies. Yeah, yeah, you're my buddy, but I'm just neutral. To you. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. buddy and neutral, they they can still work together. Yeah, it's fine. You're just gonna it's be fun. a little more suspicious of it, and. You know, you can also make friendships. You know, you're from the wrong faction, but that's because you were born into that faction. Yeah. Now, you know, maybe, maybe, yeah, you're technically Bauhaus, but yeah, you've been on your own for so long. Are you really? 
you claim citizenship, you get all the benefits of citizenship, but are you? <laughs> you could do a lot of stuff with that. All right, uh, I'll give one more minute here if anybody else wants to uh, jump in. Otherwise, uh, we'll call it a day and I can get to eating and editing. That'll be great. But uh, what are you thought real quickly though, for those of you who watch most or all the stream, what are your thoughts on our new format? New format what do you like? What do you don't like? And definitely if you've got some thoughts that you want to give later, post on our Discord, let us know. Because uh I I had a look you know a couple of doubts, but I think this worked out fairly well. The only thing I'm most concerned about is doing this in between every single one. Today it was pretty simple, but there are gonna be times when you know it's more of an organic segue. And I don't want to feel like heathen dog or I are forced, like, hold on, I got to stop everything. Okay, now we're doing this. If, if it doesn't actually fit the flow of, uh, of everything we got going on. So, All right. I'm, I'm calling it. Yeah. Thank you very much, everyone. And uh, so the way the new ending works is uh, heathen dog gets to talk us out with words of wisdom as i put this on the screen right here to thank you all here and then we have a new outro after he's done so take it away heathen dog thank you everybody for being here appreciate every one of you and hope to see you next week all right you know what i i hope everyone here uh in, enjoys our, our new format and I'm, I'm glad to see that uh that the viewership is is uh steadily going up i, I really appreciate it thank you very much and uh, like I said, if you have any any questions, concerns, join our Discord. It's in the links below, and you'll be able to uh, to get your word in edgewise. And who knows? If you have a good idea, we don't care where it comes from. We'll use it. Well, he'll use it. I'll steal it. <laughs> <laughs> so again, thank you for watching, and I hope you uh, hope you become part of the family here because everyone here seems to be having a good time. I hope you do too. <laughs>